He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, welcome everybody, Monday, June 27th, Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, The Big X, Avalanche did it, the Avalanche did it, we're riding high to start this week, we're feeling good, we have plenty of stuff to talk about, uh, until 6 o'clock, we've got Cardinal News going, we've got the end of the overall college athletic season happening yesterday, it was kind of, it was sort of a, a bookend day, a bookend Sunday, you've got the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. Came to a glorious finish in Tampa Bay. We'll talk about that in a second. You got the end of the College World Series, which signifies the total end of the 21-22 athletic season in Division One sports. And it kind of feels like now we're finally turning the other page to, like, really the doldrums of summer, where it's just baseball, some niche sports, like we'll have a lost golf major. Wimbledon starts today, actually, and not a whole lot else. You have two months where it's just kind of like, oof, you got to find a way to entertain yourself. This is when you start taking the family vacations. This is when you start, I don't know, finding a hobby besides sports for a little bit of time. Maybe you read that book you've been putting off since your New Year's resolution took place. I don't know. But we've got uh, all sorts of zany stuff to get to. We've got a, wait for this, DJ Wagner update of the day. Oh, I got it ready. And we've got a, wait for this, Amani Bates update he of the day. His music's ready. We're going to bring Keith Went on in the 5 o'clock hour because we he shamelessly have a music. We shamelessly want to get another recruit. You know, coaches are like, get Keith back on the show. We need to get another guy. We got Luke Burgess yesterday. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, Domino. Let's make Madden Sanker. Let's get this thing official. Bring Keith on. Let's make this happen. So we'll bring Keith on in the 5 o'clock hour to talk about the Burgess commitment, who might be next in the next 24 hours. Uh, and in between then, we want to talk to you. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton sex line. You know it. Use it. Love it. Uh, hit us up there. Share your thoughts, your comments, your concerns. Make fun of myself. Make fun of Trevor. Make fun of whoever. Uh, also, reminding you, speaking of Thorntons, Summer Cash Bash, it's rolling on now. Every single week, one refreshing reward, rewards member. We talk about this all the time. Download that refreshing rewards app. It's going to save you money at the pump. If you do it now, it might not just save you money at the pump. It may give you ten grand. they are giving $10,000 away every week, all summer long. And there's a grand prize coming up at the end of summer. It's going to be a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you have to do, open that Refreshing Rewards app, click on the It's Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. That's all you got to do. Boom. Done. And if you want to get involved in this po- in this program, if you want to get enrolled in this program, text REWARDS, all one word, all caps, to 80313 today. It's going to make it worth your while. Trevor Kelsey, on the other side of the glass as always, I got the Avalanche shirt today. I'm feeling good. You're rocking a Hartford Whalers t-shirt, which means nothing. Well, but- you're lucky. I actually was ready to walk out the house and I realized I was wearing a devil shirt. 
That's fine. I mean, well, we, in that they're in that your rival? No, the the Red Wings are the big rival. Oh, I thought that was the Devils. No, the Devils we beat no one in the, in the Cup Finals. But oh. that, that wasn't like we were both good at the same time, but that wasn't that. a real rivalry. The Red Wings Avalanche rivalry was, which by the way, I could not be more excited for that thirty for thirty. But that was the big rivalry, maybe not just in hockey, but like all of sports during that period. I will, I will be, a watch that thirty for thirty because oh, it's going to be good. It's looking enticing. And B, I thought it was the Devils. My bad. I was well. Then I would have kept my Devils shirt on. I was like, I can't wear. His, ri- his team rivals on the daily. I mean, no, it was the, covering their championship. I don't have a Red Wings. It was now. destroyed, and I got I get smack talk from Red Wings fan last night. Like even though like that hasn't really been a rivalry in the last twenty years, but still like it's still is that kind of like deep seated? Is that kind of like the Pacer Knicks? What they were in the nineties, and then it's kind of faded away after, literally after the nineties just ended. I'd say more like Knicks Bulls. Because Pacers, well, I don't even really remember that being a rivalry, but oh well, it was, it was the biggest rivalry between '93 and '95, pretty much. <laughs> I disagree with that. I mean, it, like, I think the casual sports fan remembers like that era as like Knicks Bulls, a little bit like the late '80s, early '90s, like Bulls Pistons, like that. Like, of course, like Lakers Celtics. Like, I don't really Pacers. If it's remember, I know like you're that, a fan, but I don't think Pacers Knicks really stands out to pa- people. Who Pacers aren't fans. Knicks was much bigger than Bulls and Knicks. Bulls and Knicks only Bulls and Knicks played each other the twice, but Pacers Knicks was was more heated. Wow, and and probably and actually technically I guess had more on the line because we, we did play them in Eastern Conference Finals where the Bulls and Knicks only ever met in the second round. Like I said, I don't, I just don't remember. Maybe it's because right. Pacers don't really do anything for me. It's, no, it, it's the Jordan effect. It's just because you sure. remember Michael Jordan, you remember the Bull. It's just easy to remember that than Red. Well, and the winners who of, was one of the top five. The players winners of those Rangers. rivalries like went on to win championships, like the Avalanche Red Wings. Like whoever wow. won that, like was going to win the championship. Not the Knicks, exactly. Because I'm saying Pacers <laughs> yeah. Knicks, they never, oh, yeah. none of, neither one of them ever won that's anything. That's true. So yeah. that's kind of like maybe that's why I don't really remember it. Yeah, I wish I could forget it on sometimes. I know. It got. I'll be honest. If you want to know how I know it's bigger. He got a 30 for 30 about a decade before your hockey rivalry did, and, and way before they even come up with the Knicks and Bulls one. Pacers Knicks did? Yeah, it was the Reggie Miller time. That was pretty much what the, the Wasn't 30... was just about Reggie Miller? Yeah, in his robbery with the Knicks. I mean, okay, but like The whole much, series was based like on Reggie the Miller. Knicks and Pacers robbery. I mean, I remember yeah. the Spike Lee thing, but yeah, I don't really remember like Pacers Knicks being that big of a deal. If you watched it, the day, it was all... And you could tell I it was watched done, it. And you could tell it was done by a Knicks it. guy because he had to throw in the fact, you know, the Knicks cheated in 99, and he had to let the end to try to... Be smart, Alec, about it. Well, anyways. Dan Clores, I, I know you are. You're on, you made the list, buddy. <laughs> how was your? Uh, <laughs> how was the weekend overall, Trev? I was good. Uh, kind of maybe the last weekend doing bass games for me. Oh, I, we trained somebody new, and uh, he did really, really well. He's going to do his first solo game tomorrow. So I'm I'm kind of after a month of doing bass games, I'm somewhat happy not to have to do like six nights a week but on the other hand i'm kind of miss talking to nick and, and jim and and those guys every day it feels like yeah it's kind of a little sad but happy um other than that just pretty much had a great wrestling night last night good awesome uh, we can talk about that a little later as you'll talk about colorado i'm sure in their win we both had ex- exciting evenings on sunday night we did i didn't get a lot of movie watched only did the uh, oceans 11 trilogy the only thing I watched, I watched it on Saturday. I thought that's an only. You don't need to, to preface that statement with only. <laughs> really? I, I only watched the entire Ocean's Eleven trilogy this week. I mean, well, I did it on Saturday night when I got home. I only watched it in one night. I pretty. Well, I guess I did. I got home, and around midnight, I started watching it, and I just watched it through the night. And I, and I went to bed Sunday morning, went to work. And, Incredible. And so, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you mentioned all, how the, like we're in the dead days of summer. Would be somewhat perfect to have the World Cup right about now, wouldn't it? Oh my God, I had the, I had the same thought. I mean, earlier as you today. said that, I started thinking. I mean, I know we're getting it late, but by the time we get it, not that it won't be still embraced and enjoyed, and I'm going to get into it as I do every four years. 
But it's going to be during. You're going to have basketball. You're going to have football. It's, you're going to have. It's the worst time it's for just, us, at least. For that to happen. On, on top of that, it's just so bad to do because it's going to cause, I think, ratings in America to go down in a little bit. For sure. And that's going to bring out your. Oh, I told you. USA doesn't embrace soccer. They don't care. Look, their team is good, and they still don't care. They're not. I'm. Yeah, you're right. If you want to use that, yeah. When you compare it to other major sports in this country, I mean, people but, will care if if they get out of the group stage and get into the knockout rounds. Like everybody's going to watch those games. Yeah, but even like your, I mean, your normal World Cup finals and stuff, because of the other sports, Agreed. it's going to take a dip in the U.S. Agreed. I'm not saying it's going to be like bad, but. It's definitely gonna when you if you start going what's compared to four years ago, I mean I don't remember what the time zone was. Well, we didn't make the World Cup four years ago. That probably hurt too. But you still get it's still gonna drop in terms of even I mean if you have you you know Brazil like, and Italy in the finals right. two big teams. No, I agree. I agree. It's still gonna hurt and, it, and it's gonna suck because that's what all you're gonna hear is the the people who just want to plot that I know I, I know USA never likes soccer negative card. And it's it's, it's gonna, the worst time of the year. For yeah, it especially is. for us because like for instance. Even like the group stage matches, like I, I love the World Cup. I love getting into it. The U.S. Women's national team is like the only real soccer team besides the women's national team that I like follow. Like I don't have, like, I claim West Bromwich Albion because I played with them in FIFA one time when I played, but I'm not really a fan. I kind of claim Chile because they're the only World Cup team well, that would hire you me can't one claim year. Another country. Well, because they hired me on World Cup and USA wouldn't. Okay. And then I was with them for three World Cup appearances and finally won my third one. I lost in the back-to-back World Cup final. Anyways, very frustrating. I, I, I get really excited for the World Cup. I, I live for this. I think it's like the the one time where we all kind of feel like we're on the same page, which yeah. is cool as, as collective sports fans. But if, like, for instance, I know the USA is going to play Wales on the Monday of Thanksgiving week. Louisville's going to be playing in the Maui Invitational. If there's a conflict between those two games, like, I'm watching the Louisville game. Yeah, like, that's not the only sporting event on Thanksgiving That's week. what I'm saying. Like, like my whole point is this, is that, Trevor, like, like, you're going to have, I think fans will drop maybe like their primary sports in order to watch if the USA makes like the quarterfinals of the World Cup or something. Yeah. But if it's a group stage match against Wales or England or, you know, who, was it Iraq? I think it's the Iran is the other team in our, our group. If, if it's that and you're picking between like your pro football team or your college football team or your college basketball team, like a lot of American sports fans are going to pick their specific team. And those are eyeballs that would have otherwise been on the World Cup match if it was being played on June 27th. And, 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 it, it pisses me off because I want to be able to watch both. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to choose. And, and if you make me choose, yeah, I'm probably going to. I may DVR the basketball. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I probably won't. I, I'll probably just watch the basketball game and then. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the cards. Yeah. Cards obviously. take precedence over everything. And, and that's, I hate doing that because, I mean, I also only get World Cup every four years. And, and I know. It's even rarer than that than when the USA has, is, is good. I mean, exactly. when's the last time we've been this good? What, 2008? We were supposed to be. When we had Landon Donovan hitting like that 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 clutch shot at the. Uh... Well, that was the that, that was not eight. That was because I was it, working at the law firm. That was 2010, I guess. Oh, was it ten? I'm sorry. Yes, ten, fourteen, eighteen, twenty. Uh, okay, well, I've got okay. I got my wrong years. Right, World Cup, wrong year. Right, because oh, 2010 and God, my voice broke there. 2010 and 2014, <laughs> <Peter> <laughs> we made it to the the knockout stage. We lost to Belgium in 2014. I went to Saints for that. It was like an awesome yeah. game watch. And then I think 2010 we lost to. to I watched soccer at Saints. It was 2010 when we lost to Ghana in the knockout stages. I think um, we not we lost in the knockout stages. I know that because like I said, that was the one. I don't remember who who 
who was the, who did Landon hit the game winner against in like the last few seconds? Um, it was a great. We used to we used to use a soundbite on the on a radio show all the time. And I it was a great I was at work. Bite. I wasn't supposed to be watching it, and I still like screamed. And like the much better like paralegal, not paralegal uh, clerk who was like very into it, but like more into soccer than I was. <laughs> like turned his head. He's like, did they win? I was like, you're not watching this. What are you doing? Wasn't it like Slovenia? Is that right? I can't remember. I, I think it was Slovenia. I just know he he just he kicked it in in the cor- got it into the corner of the net right with like. Just a few seconds left in the match. And then we lost to Ghana. I watched that at yeah, the old uh, right. Molly Malone's the same match. We lost to Ghana like back-to-back years, didn't we? We always play Ghana. They're always in our group. Yeah, I feel like we lost. The, they, they, they were thrown in our side like back-to-back World Cups, if I remember right. And then in 06, we were supposed to be really good. It was the summer I was working in Iowa. And like knew nobody. And I like, took off at lunch to go watch this at a sports bar. I was literally the only person. In, like, I say literally very, very matter-of-factly. <laughs> only person in this place. I'm watching this, and we got our asses absolutely handed to us. I can't remember who we played in the first round. Where, our first game was like switch. We were supposed to be really good. We where got was 0-6 like at again? I couldn't tell you. 2 was uh, South Korea. 2 was because that was when we, I had to wake up. I'd wake up at 5 in the morning exactly. to watch. Yes. 6 I can't remember where it was. I don't remember having to get up early for 6 I think that was a decent time zone, wasn't it, in terms of compared to us? Yeah, twenty. Yeah, it was because I was like again. I was during lunch break. Twenty ten yeah. was South Africa. Two thousand six. I can't remember. It sounds like maybe England or something. I don't know. They would be. They're five hours ahead of it's us. So. Easy way to figure this out. Google. Yeah, Germany. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I'll say I was close. Yeah, it was in the right continent. There you go. But it would. <laughs> this would be a perfect time of the year to have the World Cup. It would be. Your point stands. It, it would. I mean, well, summertime in general is perfect time to have it because its only competition is baseball. Can I ask this real here. quickly? Is anybody ever going to work in this office again? We've been the only people here for like the last two and a half weeks. Well, then you know what? It's a holiday. It's a Monday. I mean, I pulled up and I, I was. Where's the intern Jenna? She's supposed to be back this well, week. Well, no, she did. Te- now, in defense, she did text me earlier this morning and said that uh, she is running late and they won't be back till later this evening. So she wasn't going to make it today. Is it another Jacob situation? And she wanted me to know that this, that was the reason why she's not here. It's not that she's quitting. I think she's popping up on KRC tomorrow morning. <laughs> she's going to be on with Matt Dennison. <laughs> You know, sad is I didn't even know he was on KRC until I saw him on the text line. You think of all people, I didn't either. You think you think they would have like thrown me a bone and a note about it, been like, "Hey, we're sticking your intern. You know, we're gonna put him on this show." No, no, no. A simple text. Jacob's going to KRC. Just bounce on us. I mean, just throw just throw something at us. It was the day after we put him on the air too. Yeah, I just really quit. I mean, we're not gonna be able to put Jenna on the air. I'm not gonna be able to do it because I'm afraid she's gonna leave. Then (laughs) she's already actually been on the air. Oh well, that that was when I was gone. That's right. And yet, she hasn't been back since. Maybe that says something. Hmm. I, hey, but we're the only people in here every single day. Other than our uh, traffic the guy traffic in the next studio, yeah. the LG&E truck guy. That's it. Um, <laughs> he, he was here before I got here, which is a rarity. But yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm i in the wrong like position at this office. You are. You have to actually work. Like, I, need to do, I need to do something. You need to get into sales. I need another job, yeah, where I'm not coming in here. So, fun thing over the weekend, I think I told you about this on Friday night. We had, as I mentioned last week, we were supposed to go to the My Morning Jacket concert, the one on Saturday at the waterfront. And it was cool. Like, a bunch of my friends were coming from out of town. A bunch of people I haven't seen in a while were going to go. uh, We're all going to get together. It was going to be fun. And then they cancel because Jim James has uh, has COVID. Sunday would have been a good day, too. It was nice. Sunday was good weather. Well, it was Saturday because they they were going Friday, Saturday. Oh, okay. My bad. Iroquois Amphitheater on Friday, Waterfront Saturday. Then you're good. (laughs) Yeah. Sunday would have been the best day to burn out. It was a good day. Right. And like I said, because it was going to be so hot and I've had uh, health issues going on, I was kind of, there's a part of me that was a little bit relieved that I wasn't going to stand in the sun for, Mm. You know, with with no shade for like five hours, but still was more bummed than I was relieved. But we all got together. Uh, and it was cool. It, it kind of felt like old times. Like yes. got together with 
and I'm sure you feel the same way too, because I text with like my friends pretty much every day. Yeah. A lot of times you forget how long you've gone without actually seeing them in person. Oh, I've got one friend I don't think I've seen for a decade. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm talking to these people every single day and you're like, oh my God, I haven't seen you like five months. We haven't yeah. gotten together. I saw a picture of him on Facebook. I was like, you have long hair and you're gray. <laughs> He's like, I was like, when did you go gray? He was like, I've been gray for like three years. I'm like, wow it is crazy so like i got together with a lot of those people podcast trevor uh danny was in town with his family so we all met up we went to to new lou um went to a bunch of places like that i had not been before i have no idea where is new lou exactly anyway it's you know downtown like right before you get into the heart of downtown that little stretch uh we went to like west third which was awesome that little i hadn't seen that little area inside it's next to emmy squares the pizza place it was very cool to be there and then it was one of those where you start going to different bars like we went to to garage bar and russ smith was there david levich was there it was cool to see them for a split second because of you no (laughs) no (laughs) uh they bounced very quickly over to taj but like people walking up that i haven't seen in old friends from, from like high school that i haven't seen in like two three years like just popping up it felt like old times except all of us were talking about our kids and like what we're doing for work and i'm not drinking and having to explain why i'm not drinking like the people. depressing twist to an 80s movie it was there. it was it was a little bit different i mean yeah other people were i think you just described a big chill without someone being sick it was fun but then the other weird thing speaking of like being old in this like new era of, of times on friday Ricky O'Donnell, who I've worked with at SB Nation, we've, we've covered college basketball together since, like, 2012. He took over the second year I was on the job. It was the middle of the season where Louisville ended up winning the national title. Yeah. And we always tag-team the college basketball coverage and, you know, work very closely. We've done, like, a million Zoom calls together, a million conference calls together, but we've never actually met in person. Yeah. And so on Friday, he sends me a text, like, are you – is there any chance you're at – the Louisville minor league baseball field. I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> Did you smirk I'm like, when you said I'm like, that, dude? <laughs> it's on our radio station if you want to listen to it. He's like, I'm actually in town for a buddy's bachelor party. And if you were here, like, would love to meet up at some point. So I was like, I'm act- I- all the coincidences of all coincidences, one, you're in town. Two, I'm planning on going out tomorrow night for the first time in like five years. We're going to go out with friends. So, like, we may be able to run into oh, each so other. So you weren't out Friday night? You just no, no. Okay. So Saturday, he, he and his buddies had gone out. And it was like, he hadn't been able to come until Friday. It was a three-day bachelor party, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And he hadn't come until Friday because he covers the draft for SB Nation, and that's like his big, big thing. Yeah. So he got in late, and it was one of those deals where the last day of the bachelor party, people are just like, you know, they're, they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're yeah. done by yeah. 10 o'clock. And so he was like, I'm still – I'm awake. I'm raring to go. I'll come out and meet you at Garage Bar when we were there. So he, like, walks over from their Air- the Airbnb where they were staying and, like, just – wild ass thing like a dude that i've worked with for 10 years but i've never actually met in person crazy like seeing him in louisville it was it was cool it was fun to talk to you got to hang out and talk he to looked my like wife. what you thought he'd look like well yeah I mean, he looks like he's a 14 year old guy like, like he's <laughs> he's tiny and the best part of him being in louisville was you know he's he lives in chicago he does a bunch of bulls related stuff he goes on tv there he has a bulls podcast called cash considerations and then he does the espionation nice. stuff and okay. he's like I've probably, like, people have come up to me in Chicago and talked I th- and, like, been like, hey, are you Ricky O'Donnell twice since I've been doing this, which is, like, 15 years. He's like, Friday night, last night, in Louisville, Kentucky, downtown, at, we're at Gravely Brewing. Somebody walks up and they're like, are you Ricky O'Donnell from Cash Considerations? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, welcome to Louisville. That's how we roll. I want to be get to the point where I get recognized like that. Well, you'd have to go out in public at some point. I mean, you think of all places, I'd be recognized at an Arby's or something. I mean, <laughs> you get, maybe you have been. Maybe just nobody wants to bring that up. Also, I, I gotta, I gotta ask: Is Louisville now a cool bachelor party destination? I, I mean, I don't think it's like 
top tier. I mean, but we, all are, are, we, are we the Nashville for bachelors? No, he, he and all of his friends are from Chicago, and you know, it's a they want to go to like a, a city where not a whole lot of people have, have been to. Maybe that's within driving distance. <laughs> I don't know if I'm being complimented or insulted with that. Well, I mean, <laughs> how many other places are there like that from Chicago? Like it's five oh, hour drive, Milwaukee? not that far. Yeah, I mean, it's it, Canada. Did I can understand know? why it would be appealing if you wanted to explore like a, a different city. Yeah. All I heard was we're taking we're better than Chicago, according to them. Yeah. Also, I had a, a friend, a girl, a <laughs> girlfriend from Dayton who uh, lives in Cleveland who was in town for a bachelorette party. So it was, maybe it is. Maybe it's becoming the hot spot. We're the new Nashville. And to make a full swing, Chicago is where I was going to be going this weekend, but didn't get a chance to because I had to do the best games. That's okay because I love getting to talk with Dick Kern. And you love the bats. But uh, the Forbidden Door was in Chicago this weekend. Mm. Your man Orange Cassidy, huge win. I told you he was going to no, win. I'm sorry, win, not big big match. He lost. Oh, uh, well, never mind. But uh, yeah, he wasn't going to be. He wasn't going to beat Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay's too too good. But it was a Will Ospreay sucks. It was a fun. It was a great match. They tried to beat down Orange afterwards, and Shibata showed up. Son of a bitch. Uh, no, Shibata's a good guy. Oh, <laughs> he came in safe. I meant with, the people trying to beat down. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. United Empire. That's what I was yeah, yeah. About. They're they're evil. They're baddies. Uh, yeah, but Shibata showed up. Who hasn't really wrestled in like six years because of injuries. Uh, just appeared eventually and made a, a surprise appearance, which was really awesome. Fun show in general. Only thing that sucked was the uh, the IWPG uh, heavyweight championship match was kind of ruined when Adam Cole just basically collapsed and didn't get hit with the movie he's supposed to, and it kind of made the ending look kind of weird. Wasn't Adam Cole like a ring announcer? Uh, or is that Michael Cole? That's Michael Cole. Okay, sorry. No Michael problem. Cole sucks. Adam Cole doesn't. There you go. <laughs> you were close though. Well, I tried. This is like I, this is like when, I, when I, you deal with when you're talking to me, right? Yeah, every now and then and I try like, to get involved. You're like, is it Adam Cole? Isn't that Michael Cole? No, no, different guy. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> getting names mixed up. But yeah, fun, fun five hour event. Can we talk since we're doing sort of like uh, peripheral things? Let's talk last night about the avalanche because yeah, I'm sorry, long time watch, coming. But... Yeah, I know. I'm kind of mad at you for that. I, I won. Who cares? I think yeah, it, it was a. I'll be perfectly honest. When the the lightning scored first. Because we had, we had lengthy conversations about this when we've been out Saturday night. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even nervous. We, I, I get that the Lightning are unkillable. We're the better team, though. Besides game three, we've looked superior to them every step of the way. The only thing they have, they have a better goalie than we do. And That's kind of important, though. Yeah, but like we still like we were a crappy call. And I know they, they, they thought they got screwed in game five or in, in game four. One of the we games. thought we got screwed in game five because the, the, the power play that gave them a four on three, I thought was a crappy call but regardless like that I was wondering how they got that that gave them their goal that was the big goal mm-hmm. we still had way more chances we're the better team we're gonna win this thing when the lightning scored first yesterday i was like i texted sean moth i texted my buddy colin i'm like okay officially nervous like i i'm definitely like this is we need to win tonight i don't want to go to a game seven these dudes are like zombies you cannot kill them you have to stab them in the head and second period nathan mckinnon who'd been criticized all stanley cup finals not doing enough he's supposed to be a superstar slips the goal into like a tiny ass space right by Vaz's blocker. Unreal goal. Makes a fantastic pass on the, on the go-ahead goal. We dominate the third period. The Lightning are behind. They, they don't get a shot until like there's eight minutes left in the period. They only get two and they're terrible shots regardless. Like just dominant effort. Lance were dominant all postseason. They were the best team in, in the NHL all year long. Damn Skippy. They deserve to win this. It was fantastic. It's been 21 years. And I'd kind of forget. I, I'll remember this run. Like, we were talking on Friday's show. Like, I remember watching the 96, the clinching game against Florida as, like, a little kid with my older brother staying up late, three overtime game. Uwe Krupp scores. And it's like, I, this is awesome. But also, like, it's 2 a.m. And I, I can't believe I'm allowed to stay up this late. Like, this is cool. And then being 17 and, like, coming back from that baseball game where my friends got stoned and made me lose to Brian Station when I was pitching and watching it over at, like, one of my buddies' houses. Like, Blame the stoned infield. 
And now this year, watching it as like a father of two and like texting my buddy. But like, I think this will be the year that I remember as getting Mary into hockey because she got into really? it. Really? Okay. It, Is she not into hockey before? Not. I mean, she just didn't. She never really followed it. Like she never really tried. Like she never had a team. She never followed anything. Yeah. And like you can see why if you're a casual like sports fan in general, why hockey would be appealing. There's very few stoppages. Something's always happening. You kind of always have to be looking up and paying attention. And she was she was into it a lot. Like she was like high fiving. She was like she was referring to the Avalanche as we. Like it was a lot of fun. It was very cool. And previously, because it makes sense when we started dating, like since the the Lanch had that run with with Sackick and Forsberg and and, and Wah and those guys, like they've kind of just they sucked for a long time. They were very very bad. And right when we started dating, they were just kind of getting okay. And she would only remember we played, I think, Minnesota in like 2014. Was it the Wild or the, the North Star? The Wild. This okay. was the, this was 2014. And like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was the first year they've been in the playoffs in forever. And I remember like I'm staying up late to watch these games because they started like 10:30, and I, I'm like cheering, like kind of waking her up. She's like, "Are you really this into it?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, you've never really seen playoff hockey, Mike." And like since then, we hadn't gone to you know we we got upset in the PHM baby PHM's back. <laughs> like we got upset in the second round last year, and I was super bummed when we lost to Vegas. And I think she kind of got it. And we'd lost in the second round the year before, and you know, it was the COVID year, so whatever. But like, this was the first year that she got to experience like the full like two month gauntlet of like emotions. And I think she kind of got into it. It was cool. Even though you watched one on on mute on your computer while your daughter watched, it wasn't thing. on mute. It was like the volume was low. Oh, that, well, that was low. vacation. Mary was actually out watching that with me for most of the right when she went into her bedroom to go to sleep with John and get him down is when we scored the go ahead goal. Like her father in law came out like pumping his fist. Like I was like texting Mary. She's like, I just missed it. I don't. I... And this is hard to say. It's weird to say, actually, because, you know, I have so many, like, hockey shirts and stuff. And I actually love, I enjoy, like, reading about the history of hockey and going to the stats of hockey and blah, blah, blah. But, like, as I tried to watch, like, and I do say tried, watching some of these, these Avs games, mainly for you because it seemed like every time I watched, they did well. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it just, it's, it just looks so, felt like so unorganized half the time. Like, it just seemed like it, all I kept seeing was just the, Everybody running back and forth with no organization of like trying to run any kind of similarity to what would be an offense or defense. And I, being the hockey ignorant I am, so you know, if this question is stupid, you can tell me. It won't be the first or last one I ask. But like, why is it every time like a team would get a possession, they would just fling the puck down the ice all the way down and just let the other team go get it and get. Like, why not try to control the puck and actually get it down the ice? And well, you can't run do that, something. first of all. So, I mean, maybe you're talking about penalty kills, but you can't fling it all the way down because that's icing. So, I don't know what you were watching. Maybe you're watching a penalty kill. For like, it seemed like, like 20 straight possessions. They would just, they would, sh- I guess they would look like they were trying to shoot it. It would just fly down and it would go behind the net. And then the lightning guy would go down there and he'd beat the guy. He's racing down there and get it. And he would get it and he'd get about, you know, near half ice and he would fling it back down the other end. And he'd run again. It's like constantly we did that for like the entire period. I think you may have been watching a penalty kill because that quite literally can't happen when the teams are at full strength. It's just blown but, dead automatically. I mean, it seemed like I see it. They do that all the time, though. They, they're constantly sh- shooting it down the ice. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I'm telling you. I don't it, know. It I'm going to watch happen. a game with you. I'm going to point it out. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can dump it in once you get across the center ice. Well, if it's around center ice, they'd constantly you do that. You can dump and chase. But, I mean, if you've got – basically, if you've got two attackers, you, you want to dump and chase when, one, you want to have a line change. Or, two, you're trying to establish possession and you don't want to get – the only time I saw anyone do any kind of ha- is it half ice? Would that be the right term to use? Half, half, like half court offense. Yeah, uh, yeah. sure. Yeah, was, was, Go for was, it. <laughs> it's not a term; it should be. I'm going to coin it right now. Trademark standing. 
Uh, anytime a half ice offense, anytime anybody did try to do anything in half ice, was during the four on three penalty play that the at Lightning had. Well, yeah, I mean, of course you're going to go on the attack when it's. That's have- the best hockey. That was the best, the best section of hockey I watched all series. I mean, it was awesome. Trevor, when you have one fewer skater, yeah, the other the team that has more skaters on the ice is going to be in well, attack mode. Why can't we mode. do that in the, when we're even even though? They do. I never saw it in any game I watched this playoff. How stoned were you when you were watching these games? That's not the point. <laughs> the fact that, I, that, that what it should be is if I wasn't stoned, <laughs> then it'd be concerned. Okay. Uh, anyway. By the way, just out, out of, I did forget to mention this on wrestling. Um, Claudio, the former Cesaro, showed up. One of my probably top three favorites of all time. I'm so happy. I already bought a shirt online last night. Okay. I'm so pumped. Shout out to Claudio. <laughs> uh, text line, by the way, lets us know that Algeria, that was the uh, the Landon Donovan. Oh, okay. Game. Good. Algeria. That sounds right. Uh, text says, World Cup soccer is one of the few occasions I hope for my team to lose. Get that nonsense off my tee. This year I'm rooting for Russia. What is wrong with you? And Saudi Arabia? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm anti Good Lord. Well, uh, then you should be happy it's moved this year. Yeah. Because you're going to see, I mean, it's going to be Just on your team. For- you're going to have tons of options of what, like if it's in the summer and you and you hate soccer. Then I guess you can complain because it's like there's nothing else on to even watch. But guys, this, rooting for Guitar. Just go ahead, <laughs> just go ahead and root for Guitar at that point. I mean, really, is that even worse than Russia and Saudi Arabia? I'd say so. I don't know. I mean, well, maybe not Russia. Right. I mean, it depends on what you're considering bad. I mean, do your own research. <laughs> We're talking about levels of evil here. I mean, I uh, can't talk evil about Russia. They'll come after me. Texter says, <laughs> uh, by the way, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says the patio area by West Sixth Nulu is a great area, much better than the West Sixth spot in Lexington, despite West Sixth originating there. We just take what Lexington does and we make it better. Patino, West Sixth, and soon to be Kenny Payne. I, don't I like know, that. I don't know what Stellenberger Six is, and I still I still don't even know where Nulu really is. I've, I've heard people talk about, it, but I've never been there. It's like I mean, just think about Market be Street new, before right? you get to downtown. It's I mean, it's been like you know, fifteen, ten, fifteen years. We got good spots. Is it near like the Yum Center? No, Yum Center is on Floyd Street. Is not not on Floyd Street. Yum Center is not on Market Street. It's on Main. Yeah, Main Market Rampero. They do. I mean, but it's before you get like the heart of downtown, like where the Yum Center is. Okay. There's just a bunch of shops, bunch of restaurants, bunch of bars. It's cool. Bunch of reasons for me not to go. I know, it's exactly. I don't even know why you're <laughs> asking me to describe this to you. You're never going to go anyway. Because I've been hearing people talk about it for the last for recently. And I just the pa- the t- respond to the texture. The patio area is very cool. Had not been there. It was awesome. Okay. Said, I watched some pole vaulting this weekend, and the fact that Trevor thinks he can do it is hilarious. Don't don't bring this up again. Don't get him back on this. I can do it. Texas, it's painful listening to this guy describe hockey. Well, you should see me trying to watch it. Texas, half ice is how I order my Diet Cokes at McDonald's. <laughs> First of all, why? You want all ice on that one. Come Texas on. says you all need to give the PLL a chance now, Premium Lacrosse League. I've never watched it. Watch lacrosse? I mean, I've watched, like, the, I always watch the college lacrosse, like, when it's on it's Memorial Day. Uh, yeah, but I've never like watched James the James Madison league. versus Boston it's or usually something. usually Virginia and Syracuse. Virginia and yeah. Syracuse, yeah, they're up there. Uh, James Madison isn't in a lot, yeah. <laughs> I guess that and the few clips that are in American Pie is, like, the most lacrosse I've watched. I had to cover a game for the high school newspaper when the cross was, and I had no idea about any of the rules. I just like had. To, I still don't. Got, I, I know a little bit more now, but I still lacrosse is definitely one of the sports where I'm the most ignorant about. I'm not gonna like. I will say it, it, from little, little I've watched, it does look hard as hell to play. Oh yeah, I, I've done the I thing mean, where, to catch a ball with that stick and it's. I've played that catch with hard. it before. Yeah, I've done it. A buddy of mine played at Bellarmine, uh, who actually saw this weekend for the first time in forever, and he brought it. We went to the Orange Bowl and like we were playing with it, and like it was. 
much harder than I thought it was going to be. Is the ball like a tennis ball size, or is it smaller than that? I want to say it's about tennis ball size, but it's very hard. It's rubber, right? And like a hard rubber? Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Yeah. That would hurt. Yeah, I couldn't play with lacrosse. Lacrosse is big in like the northwest and nor- in, in north central, but just never really picked up around this area. Texas says, Trevor. Yes. One, open Maps app. Two, type in Nulu. <laughs> Three, tap search. <laughs> a lot of your questions could be solved without me help. Like, use me like an Ask Jeeves. You can just Google. There's there's things for the websites for this. It's well, Google. In, in, a, one, uh, <laughs> I have to back up and like pull the, 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 the keyboard out the way this computer's set up to uh-huh. Google. You have a phone, though. Two, my phone gets horrible reception in here. Oh. And C, you're right there, so I might as well ask. I don't know half the time, though. Well, that's why you Google it for me. Which makes fantastic radio. You are my Jeeves. Texture says PLL is electric, Mike. I'll check it out sometime. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, people want us to stop talking about this stuff. They want us to talk about Imani Bates. Wrestling? Oh. No, we'll get into it. We have an Imani Bates update. We have DJ Wagner update. And they're both kind of like substantive updates. We have actual things to talk about with both guys today, not just like, hey, that's, that's new. <laughs> hey, there's some rumor out there. So uh, we'll talk about Imani Bates coming up after the break. Are people tired of this? Is it going to happen? Who the hell knows? We'll, we'll get into that. Coming up next, it's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Monday here on Our U of L basketball song right now. I was thinking for the athlete. Well, you should have played all the small things. Is that what they play? They play at home games. No, I picture this playing as they're they're they're, they're skating around the ice, holding up the cup. Well, every every life event really is an '80s movie to you, isn't it? It is. You just imagine every life event to like some sort of. I 80s. do. I, got, I compared you to the Big Chill earlier. <laughs> oh, well, he did more coke. Stevie Nicks or Grace Slick. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just wondering. I mean, not just in the 80s, but because Grace Slick, you know, came out up in the late 70s. So, all right, let's talk about a money base before people riot. We, we, uh, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, get ready for it. It's time now for Amani, your who we got this player, Amani Bates update of the day. Where's he gonna go? No one knows what the hell he's doing ever. Where's he going to go? Is it Memphis? Is it Eastern Michigan? Is it anywhere? Monty Bates. Okay. Monty Bates update of the day. Rumors continue to swirl. We're going to leave it slightly in the background. That's fine. I don't know if you caught any of this. I'm assuming not. But yesterday... During the day slash night, the big buzz around Imani Bates was, hey, folks, I think he's going back to Memphis. He's been on campus. He's been talking to Penny Hardaway. His dad visited with Penny Hardaway multiple times since the the middle part of June. We know he says he's going to commit by the end of the month. It's coming up soon. Back to Memphis seems like a a no-brainer. This is going to happen now. And Louisville fans get bummed. Louisville fans get upset. Then today, we have Doc Holliday. Were we bummed? (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, I think people have Imani Bates fatigue at this point. Yeah. That seems to be the general reaction that I'm getting. We have Doc Holliday, former NFL player, now hosts a radio show in Memphis. And he comes out 1 o'clock this afternoon and says, I've talked to Penny Hardaway. We've talked about a number of things. They hired a new assistant today. And boom, he also tells me he has not spoken to Imani Bates or, quote, Imani's people about a possible return to the Memphis Tigers basketball team. Does anybody have any clue what the hell this kid is doing or what's going on here? Has anyone talked to Bates? He's just, he's just throwing stuff out there. Just to I've be- got no idea. I've, I've got zero idea. Is he gonna? Is, by the way, I'm just curious. Is he gonna do another like selection, like recruitment thing, where he's gonna get on the table, have the table with the hats on it, and just redo basically what he did before? And for the most part, most of the hats are teams that never even talked to him. I was gonna say he needs to do this for like actual teams that have talked to him, that want him there. Remember like, the recruit to pick Michigan, Cal one no. time, and Cal never even recruited him. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Dillingham, the number four player in the class who committed to UK on Friday. Said Louisville, yeah. And Louisville never actually offered him a scholarship. Not that we wouldn't have if we we just knew, everybody knew he was going to UK. The moment yeah. he de- decommitted from NC State, it was a done deal. The, I guess the other big development in the Imani Bates thing is the, the kid from Lebanon, whose name I won't try to pronounce because I don't remember it either. He committed to Michigan <laughs> yesterday. Good reasons. Yeah, he, he committed to Michigan yesterday. That was probably the spot that people thought might go to Imani Bates. And again, there's really no hard evidence out there that Michigan was taking Imani Bates. Uh, we know that originally when it came out that he had Michigan on his list of six schools, Michigan very quickly let everybody know that they weren't going after Imani Bates. I don't know if this was fan-driven or what. But as far as like schools that are technically in on Imani Bates are still considering him, we don't even know. Like People are saying Eastern Michigan. We've got no idea. I've got... I've got no clue where the kid's head is right now. All I can say is this. If he wanted to be a Cardinal, he could have made this happen two months ago. Yeah. All those predictions came in. There clearly was some sort of mutual understanding that, on one hand, we wanted Imani Bates. On two, Imani Bates wanted to play for Kenny Payne and be a Louisville Cardinal. You don't get the all the crystal ball projections from both local people and national people if that's not the case. Whatever has transpired since has made it very clear, at least to me, I don't think he wants to play here because, I mean, we're getting into July now. We will have had a full month of practices and summer sessions with the current roster, the, the, the nine scholarship players that we have and the walk-ons. He's, the longer that he waits, the more he misses out on. And the longer that he waits, the more I think the message is to Louisville, the Louisville fan base, I'm kind of waiting for a better option. If I have to go to Louisville, I guess maybe I will, but clearly I don't want to. I said mid-June, push that back. Now I'm saying the end of the month, still haven't heard anything. All of that says to me, you know, whether there's contact between Penny Hardaway or, or and him or not, these sort of rumors don't get started out of just nowhere. There's clearly been some sort of back-channel discussion about Imani potentially returning to Memphis for another year. Possibly. You never know. I mean, it could be just also Bates people doing it to, to raise up interest in him because he's coming to realize that we were the only ones that even well, gave him a— gave Even if a, that's the case. We were the only ones that gave him a whiff. Even if that's the case, it says Plus that he would— ra- like, That's more evidence that he doesn't really want to be here, that, that he's looking for oh, some yeah, sort of yeah. that out. I think I got—I I, I started getting that feeling, as I pointed out, like, you know, when he when he pushed back the month. And I think— the, and I, that's when I started feeling like he— we He's looking at us as like a safety net. A 3 a.m., I can't get anyone else that's going with her type. And that— if that's not the case, that. if that's not the case, it certainly feels like it. Yeah. Like that, the, the longer this goes, the more it feels like that. And I think the more you're seeing Louisville fans who have, for the most part, been in the same boat that we've been in, which is, yes, we understand there's some baggage, we understand there's some red flags, we understand that he wasn't that good last year at Memphis, but 
look at our roster right now. It's year one of Kenny Payne. We're in sort of a, a weird position nationally. We may not even be able to play in the tournament. Who knows? The potential reward outweighs the potential risk. So let's take the kid. I think now those same people, and I'm kind of becoming this person myself, are just saying, you know, to hell with this. Like, like yeah. this, is, this has become more of a headache than it's worth. If this is indicative of how he's going to be and what he's, how he's going to carry himself when he plays here at Louisville, he's going to do more harm than good. If Kenny Payne's going to stand out there and talk about passing on potential impact grad transfers because of NIL and because he wants to establish the right type of culture, and then he takes Imani Bates after this circus for the last couple of months, what kind of a message is that? I think you're going to see more and more of that. I mean, that's pretty much on Twitter. I just straight up posted when the Doc Holiday thing came out. I was like, does anybody know what the hell's going on with this kid? And almost every single response is like, it's time to move on. Like, let's just let's part ways. I, I get that he may be able to help us. I get that he might be worth the risk. But, man, it's just it's become tired. And if he wants to kind of nip that in the butt, and if he does want to come here and play for us and make the situation as good as it possibly can for all parties concerned, he needs to go ahead and make a move pretty quickly. Because like the more stories that come out, the more rumors that come out, the more confusion that comes out, the more it all just seems to us like you don't really want to be here, and we are like your your seventh choice, and you think you're too good for where we are right now. I mean, I almost start to lean like because he can't go the he can't go the D League because he's not 19. So he can play for one of those like G League ignites. You can, know. can he? Can he do that? Is yeah. he eligible for that? He couldn't I mean, play. For, he couldn't play in the actual G League, but he can play for those the teams where the high school players yeah, go to spend the one year. Yeah, because playing the developmental, you've got to still. It's, they follow the same rules as the NBA, right? But so, he said he has said explicitly before that he he doesn't want to do that. I mean, I could see him at this point. Maybe he'd be better off just not even going anywhere and just shooting jump shots in the gym. Pull Shane Sharp. I mean, the, the the problem is, though, we've seen him play like a half season of college basketball and the highlight tape ain't exactly flattering. That's true. But it, it would probably be better off. I mean, I pulled the Jason Capono quote before on here. I think it's one of my favorite quotes of all time where, you know, he said, if I just instead of skipping four years at UCLA and just gone to a gym, grew a beard and shot three pointers, I'd have been a lottery pick. I mean, they didn't just say I'm from Eastern Europe. They would have taken me in the top five. I think the other thing that's really driving people crazy is sort of what I, I just mentioned in passing there. It'd be one thing to do this if he had been the AAC player of the year and it was like a top five pick on everybody's mock draft well, for 2023. That, that was the case, he'd have a lot more schools other than us trying to get on. Right, but it. I'm talking about from our perspective alone. Yeah. I think we would be more okay with him kind of doing this whole song and dance and seeing what his options are and oh, yeah. potentially asking for NIL. You were, I mean, let's just say, like you were a disappointment last year, a massive disappointment. You, you Your team got markedly better when you left. Don't act like all the balls are in your court. Are we willing to give this a shot because of where we are right now as a program? Sure. But for him to act like all these big-time schools were going to flock and just throw themselves at him because he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 13 years old, I think is a, if that's in fact what's happening, a massive miscalculation. Now, if he just doesn't want to play college basketball and wants to hang on the sidelines and take his chances and says, I'm going to show out at the, the combine next year, I'm going to show out in the workouts, I'm going to show everybody what I've got, I'm going to work out with Chris Brickley for the next season and just get better and not play college basketball, sure, take a shot. But if you want to improve your draft stock on the court with actual highlight footage that can be used in front of a team, it, it's time to pull the trigger, man. I don't know if, he's, if he doesn't believe in himself enough that maybe just doing open gyms is probably a better way to improve his draft status than playing actually playing a season of college basketball. I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, I, that would, that, to me, that would be, I mean, maybe he's looking at it that way. I, I don't know. Something, I, I just, at this point, I kind of feel he's just going to end up in DePaul. I don't even know if DePaul wants him at this point. I mean, do they not even want him? They're not even being talked about. How low can you go? Whoever's advising him 
for the 17th time in the last two years, is giving him some bad advice. <laughs> at, at least as it seems to I me. Mean, you saying Pops? Pops and, and whoever else has been doing this. Um, on, a, on a side note, how many Doc Holidays are there? You have the Doc. You have Doc Holiday, the former pitcher. You have Doc Holiday, the former head coach, well, Marshall. You have Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday, and now you have a, a, a radio guy named Doc Holiday. Here's the latest update. This is from ten minutes ago. Um, Way too many names. Uh, this is via Penny Hardaway himself. This is the twenty four seven high school hoop site run by Josh Nichols. According to Memphis coach head coach Penny Hardaway, there has been no dialogue regarding Imani Bates potentially returning to the Memphis program. Bates remains in the transfer portal without a clear front runner to land him. Louisville and Eastern Michigan are reportedly among the schools in the mix. That's all we've got. Oh, we're just in the mix. I mean, are we going to lose to Eastern Michigan? I mean, I mean, are we are we losing? Or are we just our name being put out there because we showed interest one time? Who the hell knows? I mean, it, it does make us look kind of bad that like we've been the one school that's been a consistent in the Imani Bates. Like, yeah, Louisville wants him. Yeah, he might go to Louisville. Louisville's there. Louisville's there, and he still is the only. He's the only guy of any sort of note. That's in the portal. I feel like Bates is like that thing on you know on Facebook that you like you paused on on on, on looking at it for a second, and now it's all over your feed about buying it. It's been an open tab for like two and a half months. That <laughs> yeah. you just like you're like I'm gonna get there. But at some point I'm gonna read this. It's it's good. I like the first two paragraphs. How many of those do you have on your phone right now? I mean none right now. Oh, I got like six of them. I've been in that situation before. <laughs> we mentioned that I mentioned the transfer portal being kind of barren right now. The guy that you wanted from Central Michigan, Kevin, aka Pookie Solid. Miller, ha- has announced that he's going to go back. To Central Michigan and play for the Chippewas. He's go back and drop the name Pookie. Pookie. I mean, I don't know if he had control over that, but yeah. I mean, there's only one Pookie, and it's a crackhead named Chris Rock, okay? <laughs> so that's another name that's out there. Like, the more this goes on with Imani Bates, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. I'm at a point now where I kind of think that the roster is just the roster. Like, we're not going to add anybody, I think, unless it is Bates. I don't think there's anybody. I couldn't even... I can't name you. But even adding Bates, does that make you feel any really more? Not really, but, but it's a shot. I mean, it, it's a lifeline. It, it's a potential avenue of a guy who has shown that he could potentially be a big-time impact player or at least a good college player at the very least. Okay. But I can't, Trevor, I can't name you a player in the transfer portal right now, let alone a player who might be a good fit for Louisville. I don't know anybody who's left. Well, don't you can't. I'm we're screwed because you know I can't. It's just. I just kept screwing up Pookie's name, and he was in there. I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that we're not going like I think we'll add players. I don't think we're going to go into the season with nine scholarship players and just give these scholarships to the the walk-ons. Kind of well, yeah, I thought we had a well, didn't we We have nine scholarship players. He's right not now. okay. Well, it's cuz that's cuz yeah, Mer- Miller's going to be He's a, a walk-on. Yeah. We've uh He's kind of borderline. He's a walk-on, but we could can't we kind of look at him as like a well, possible scholarship. At this point we might. I mean, you know, yeah. I think we might just give him one. But <laughs> I think we'll probably add a couple <laughs> of players out there. I don't think there's going to be anybody that we—I think Fabio Basile, again, if they can get his transcript figured out, will be—if he can reclassify, he's going to be on the team. There's no question about that. That would put us at, what, 11? That would put us at 10. Okay, 10. Miller, 11. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think— Miller for I, I don't think we're going to add anybody who dramatically changes the outlook of our season compared to where it is right now. Oh, that's—that's—yeah, I think we, and, we passed that point probably a while back. I think it's a little bit interesting, and I'm not I'm not judging anybody, but the same people who a month and a half ago were telling me when we were, t- we were having a discussion about nine scholarship players and only one guard and what we're going to do, the same people who were telling me, you know, we're going to get guys. Don't worry about that. Like, KP's got some guys. We're going to get guys. There, there are a lot of guys out there. We're going to be fine. People will come back from the draft. Those same people are now telling me, we don't need that anybody. We're good. KP's good with the, with the roster. We're going to be fine. And I hope it, I hope it is. 
because from an outsider's perspective, and I know that somebody, there was a national writer, I retweeted him just because to, to get the news out there that Kevin Miller was going back to Central Michigan, mm-hmm. who said it's officially panic time for Louisville. And Louisville fans were like, we're not panicked, we're not panicked, we're not panicked. And I'm like, big picture, panic is the wrong word because we expect Kenny Payne to get it done with the 2023 class. We expect the NCAA stuff to get you know finally out there and we can move past it. We, everything sounds great on the DJ Wagner front. That could be the first big domino that could start this new resurgence of Louisville basketball. But if we're talking just about this upcoming season, I mean, I don't think panic is too strong of a word, at least depending on where your expectations were. If you thought Louisville was going to come out right away in Payne's first season and be top 25-ish good or NCAA tournament good or top tier in the ACC good, you know, that roster right now, it doesn't say it to me. We're going to need all those guys coming back from a team that was that won 13 games last year to be markedly better than they were a year ago and way more consistent. We're going to need Kamari Lands, who I think is going to be fantastic, to be like one-and-done type good freshman. We're going to need Brandon Huntley-Hatfield to fully realize the potential that he wasn't able to show last year at Tennessee. Like All those things have to happen, and you kind of have to keep everybody healthy, especially LLs. Like It's it's a tough schedule. It's a, a team that went through a lot of adversity last year, mixed in with some guys who haven't really played big-time college basketball. Huntley-Hatfield played about, what, 18 minutes a game at Tennessee last year, and then two freshmen. It's... You're asking a lot if you if you're expecting this team to be like a, a top twenty five caliber squad or even one that I think makes the NCAA tournament. I think panic is way too strong a word. The only way panic would be acceptable is if your expectations were like Final Four for this team anyway. And so you so you as somebody and then, and then, the, then you using panic to describe it is the well, least on. of so, your problems. So you as somebody you've said you you put the bar in Payne's first year regardless of what happens with the NCAA. Assuming we're eligible for the tournament, you say make the NCAA tournament. Uh, well, I want to I want to go into Sunday with the expectations of hearing my hopefully hearing my name. So if that's your like, expectation, if for some reason we're on the like the brink and we don't get called. I mean, I'm obviously going to be upset, but I want to go into Sunday going. There's a chance I'm I, I should be hearing at least in my okay, mind hearing people's okay. name. So, so that's your bar. Yeah. So. With us not adding anybody to the roster that we've had for the last month and a half, you're, you're not panicking. You, you still feel good about meeting that bar. I feel like, yeah, if, if, if Payne is at least a half-decent coach, then the, the roster we have now should be good enough to at least put you in tournament contention, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, now, again, I don't know if Kenny Payne's a half-decent coach or not. I don't know if he's a great coach. I don't know if he's a horrible coach. We're going to find out. Very soon, like I've seen enough of Danny Manning to know that if you told me Danny Manning was head coach of this team, I would be a little worried because I don't know if he's a good enough coach with the roster we have. Then again, I don't know all about. I mean, for all I know, Hanley Hupfield is going to take steps forward. Withers is going to realize, you know, get out of the shell that he was lost in in the upside down all of last year. Like Will, I mean, I, you know, Ellis may take a step. If people take steps forward, along with what I know what this roster has, while it's not perfect. And if Kenny Payne is a at least halfway decent coach, I don't think there's any reason to think this team isn't winning, you know, around, you know, 17 to 20 games and being in contention for a tournament. Well, 17 ain't going to get it done. You, you need to be closer to 20 to make the Well, tournament. if you're 17, 18, you're probably going to go into Sunday with at least a, a bubble idea. Yeah. You could. You don't know that. I mean, I've seen, we've seen teams with 18, 19, 17, 18, 19 wins. That's true. Whatever bubble idea. You'd have to have, I mean, I, the ACC would have to be a lot better than people think it's going to be. True. I think for that to happen. And the scenario could be worked out. It's not, it's not as likely, but if you're anywhere between, I think, well, say 18 to 20. Yeah. I mean, if you're 18 and 14 and you have, you know, saw, you know, you maybe beat Duke or you got any. I think what you said first is kind of what it comes down to is that people, because if this were the roster and Chris Mack were still the coach, 
there's nobody. No Louisville fan would be like, we're going to make the tournament. Oh, no, I'd panic. You'd have every reason to panic. And I think everybody is just kind of like, like it's it's the trust in KP time, right? Like, it's the, we're still on the honeymoon stage. It's, yeah. And I do think that there's something to be said, because somebody asked me the other day on the text line, I don't think we got a chance to get to it, like, you know, you sound down this team. Are you even expecting them to be better than they were a year ago? And, like, the roster, <laughs> the roster's not, like, really that much different than last year. I think you can make a case that it's worse than last year. But I think uh-huh. you have to assume that the team is going to be better just because they won't – just because of the stability, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Having a full off season where they're, you know – you know, I mean, we had – Ellis talking about it on radio a couple of weeks ago. During the summer, it felt like Ross McMains was the head coach. Then you start the season, and Kenny uh, Mike Pegues is actually the head coach. And then Chris Mack comes back, and then it's Ken- it's Mike Pegues again. And now they've got Kenny Payne. It's just like it's this whole thing. I was a complete cluster, yeah. And you know the the fights in the locker room, all that stuff that was yeah. going on behind closed doors. That I think it was very apparent early on that Chris Mack didn't really want to be there. I think if you just have just the return to normalcy alone, because that team, as bad as they were, and I don't think it was a, a roster that's talented enough to fit the standard set by Louisville basketball. They still they were better than a thirteen and nineteen team. I mean, you have additions by the, the the term addition by subtraction works well with the with your argument and thinking this team is going to be better than last year. I, I think so. Like I, I think just and also like we see a lot of times with new head coaches. We saw it in Max first year. Like just having that extra like belief in the new guy yeah. makes some guys play harder than they did the year before, and you know you get some more out of that. I think you have that just built in natural camaraderie, expecting to be the group that brings Louisville basketball back to where you expect it to be after a little bit of a dark period. And hopefully you can ride that to an overachieving season. I think, I mean, my concern is just the the backcourt's a big deal to me. And, and until I see that we have guys that can sh- help LL shoulder the load, and to be quite frank, like, I'm not sure LLs can shoulder the load. He was not, he did not look like a point guard at any point last year. No. He is going to have to be not just a point guard, but a dynamic point guard this year in order for us to be good. And he can't play 40 minutes every game. I don't know if he has to be dynamic for us to be. He's going to have to be pretty damn good. I mean, he can be He can be good, and we can still, I mean, we should still be able to compete for a, a, play, a, tur- a playoff spot, a tournament spot. He's going to have to be really good. Uh, I mean, he's going to have to cut down the turnover significantly. He's going to have to make better decisions around the rim. He's going. He can't just be the guy who gets into a, a scoring zone and can give you 20 points in 18 minutes, which is kind of the way that he played last year. Like, that was his whole thing. And it was fun. It was great. But like Chris Mack said at the time, like, we need to see him do that when games are competitive. And it's not just we're playing from 21 behind and you got nothing to lose. I mean, how many games did we lose last year because our team had no – we're just just pretty much hate more hated each other, coaches that hate each other, that we we win if we have continuity and a team that's actually together. I mean, I mean, probably a handful. I mean, we 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 should we beat Furman. We we beat DePaul. Yeah, suck it. By the way, they they threw out a challenge to us. I don't know if you get to listen to that podcast. Oh, I did not. Can. I'll tell you about it. I listened to it. We win those. That's two right there. <laughs> I love that you listened to. Oh, it. Oh yeah, we we that's two. We beat NC State. We probably we beat North Carolina Pittsburgh. twice. That's, yeah, that's that's so that's one, two, three, four, uh, five with the other NC. That's five wins right there. That puts us eighteen. Yeah, I mean, that we, puts us in. That puts us going into Selection Sunday. Going, we may make it. I mean, the team should have been better than they were last year. There's yeah. no question about it, but they they weren't. And also, like, a lot of those games that you're talking about, we got down by, like, 15 early and just made big runs. And, like, we should never have never been in that spot. And it was just lack of effort. And I think that's what you point to as the hope for this year is if as long as the effort and consistency level and belief in, in what you're doing is right and Kenny Payne knows what he's doing as a head coach, we should be better just because of that. I just think it's, I mean, looking at the roster right now, I mean, we missed the tournament two years ago with the ACC player of the year runner-up, and a draft pick in David Johnson, and a McDonald's All-American in Samuel Williamson. Like, this year's roster, on paper, 
isn't as good as that one two years ago. And we didn't make the tournament then. Nah, you're probably not. I mean, late second round pick and a obviously un- Who's getting drafted off this team? Unslightly deserved McDonald's All American, but <laughs> Who's getting drafted off this team? Off this team? I mean, I guess Brandon Huntley Hatfield's the guy you point to and say maybe. I'd have to watch to see what kind of a range he has at his size. If he can't if he can't spread the court, then he's not gonna get drafted either. I don't think anybody the year after this is getting drafted. Maybe those maybe him, maybe Kamari lands in like year two. I mean I, I I know this is a, obviously. I mean, Mike James would be interesting to see. I don't know what he was going to look like. He at six six, two hundred pounds though. I mean, that's a guy who the NBA is drooling over these days. I mean, that's what they want: wing players who can maybe you can shoot the three. We'll see what he can do when he gets on the court. So there's somebody who's a possibility could be a draft pick, and I, I don't. I mean, I still think Jaden Withers could be a guy that could get. Yeah, that's fair. Now, now early in the draft, uh, very unlikely, but. I mean, would, could he go in the second round? Yeah, I still don't see any reason why not. I've got hope. I'm just... And I've seen Curry shoot threes from the corner, so, I mean, right there, I can tell you he might not get drafted, but he'll get signed. I'm just not... Uh, look, I want to see it. I, I want to see it. I want to see how they look in the red-white scrimmages. I want to see how they look in these exhibition games. I've got hope. I just am cautiously, cautiously, cautiously optimistic hey hope is a good thing it's just hope a, is sometimes the best thing we just we needed a couple players that we didn't get because they need to frame yeah we gotta go to break when we come back we'll take your text on the thornton sex line 502-414-1450 we still have a dj wagner update of the day to get to uh get your reaction on the money bait stuff and the current roster all that coming up here in hour number two it's the mike rutherford show on 1450 the big x Video alone in your bedroom what last night. Dude, you have no idea. <laughs> this music video, kid. I know you're like you're crazy, Trevor. But days before internet, oh, this I'm, I'm was, aware. This video, there was nothing worse than me screaming, ten-year-old screaming, ten-year-old Trevor screaming TV. Damn it, Chris Isaac, come on, come on, next scene, next scene, next scene. Ah, oh, there she is. A lot of side boob. <laughs> so much side, side boob. boob. Top, top butt crack. Lot, lot going on there. Who's the mom in this video too? Because she is, I still, she's up there, man. She's <laughs> like, like she's in Kelly Kapowski levels. <laughs> I never knew her name. She never said a word. Yet she has impacted my life like she's never known before. Her name is Helena Christensen. She's a Danish model. Oh, she's. And she recently, as in 2018, rocked the same metal bikini that she wore in 1991. She still looks good. That was metal? Apparently. She still looks good. She had good. a bikini? She's 53 <laughs> years old now. Is she still looking hot? She still I don't even, You know what? I don't even care. She's very attractive. I'd break that hip. Bring oh. it on. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying. <laughs> I like how you went right to the video, too, though. It's where, how I can mean, you not? Yeah, no. You don't hear that song without thinking about the video. It's, it's, the weird thing is, it's actually a good song. It's not a bad song. I like the song. It's my favorite. It also plays when uh, Ross and Rachel hook up for the first time. It does. He just <laughs> rolled over on a juice box. <laughs> it was a juice box. Oh, thank God. 
Underrated Steve. Uh, like, like later on in the, in the show when she talks about sentimental things, and she's like, I took this from our first night. And he's like, actually, we've been looking for that. <laughs> it's, a, it's like 50 million years old. There's a team of people that have been searching for that. <laughs> uh, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton sex line. We'll take your response. Last segment, we are talking about the Imani Bates update of the day. Uh, people saying he's going to go to Memphis. And then uh, Memphis people saying, well, we haven't talked to him. So who the hell knows? Once again, can we hear from Imani Bates? Just, this, this song could be Imani Bates' theme song. A wicked game he plays. I mean, all of these He songs. makes us feel this way. Who knows? What a wicked game to do. Texas like, says, uh, play for you. Texas, by the way, that does sound like the Rescue Rangers theme. I, I swear, Chip 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 Rescue Have you Rangers. watched that movie yet? No, I have not. Oh, you just let me. I mean, Texas, good lord, can I get a headphone warning before the next Imani Bates update of the day? My eardrums thank you in advance. Was it that bad? The song or the, you know, like MacGyver's theme? Well, I mean, here's the deal. Whenever we say, here comes the Imani Bates update of the day or the DJ Wagner update of the day, the music's coming very soon after that. Yeah. So he, that's when you need to he turn gets it down. It's a theme song. It sounds like Imani and his dad are putting out fake information to drive up his NIL price. At this point, I don't even want the kid. I mean, are any? But it sounds like nope. also sounds like nobody's even paying for him. So, if that's what they're doing, like you know, I understand that there are. What are his nil prices right now? I don't know. I understand there are non basketball benefits of getting Imani base because his name still carries so much cachet. I mean, you you Twitter search his name at any point in the day, people are going to be talking about him in some respect. There's still people who think he's going to be the next big thing in the NBA because he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated five years ago. Like, it's... People are dumb. You get attention for it. <laughs> but from a purely basketball standpoint, his name probably should not command as much as what it's going to. And I think also the the baggage, if you want to call it that, has probably driven the price down as well. Like, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. It certainly sounds like they're not getting what they want to get. Out of all this, though. Oh, that's all. I mean, if they were getting what they wanted to get, they wouldn't have been pushing this back month by month. Texture says he's got a 24 and a half inch vertical and he's 6'9 with a 6'7 wingspan. If you want to take his, uh, take his, if you want to take his, if he wants to take his chances in the draft, good luck. Yeah, that's the, I wrote about this in the Amani Bates thing that I wrote at the end of April when it seemed like he was coming here. His measurables are alarming. Like guys who have those, I mean, 24 and a half inch standing vertical is very low. Like, like that's not an NBA type number. And a lot of when you watch his game, he's a good outside shooter. He's a decent pull up shooter when it comes to making contested shots, kind of like Johnny Juzang a little bit. But he's not, he doesn't beat anybody off the bounce. And he just, his game reminds you of a kid. This is, it's going to sound mean. It reminds you of a game of a kid who just matured early and then kept doing the same things for yeah, the next four never years. Never got better, but everybody else did. Well, yeah. everybody else got bigger and better. Yeah. Like he was a six, seven kid when he was 13 who could handle, pass, and shoot it better than anybody else. And he's kind of got that same game now at 18. And guess what? Other kids grew. Other kids got better. And he's kind of fallen behind a little bit. I think the pandemic hurt him a lot. I think this creating of a fake school really hurt him. And he hasn't played against quality competition, or he hadn't played against quality competition until he got to Memphis. And, I mean, you know, insert your joke about quality competition in the AAC here. But when he faced some quasi-solid Division One level competition – he looked like a lost kid out there a lot yeah, of the you're time. You're a recruiting guy. What 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 rating star do you think would be appropriately fit for Monty Bates right now? From what you've seen now, instead of getting caught up in the the the, the hoopla that was his five star next to LeBron, I mean, is he like if he's a 2023 kid right now? Yeah, that, that's, where do you have him in that class? Yeah, three star, four star. I mean, I have him at four star, like in the forty to fifty range. 
I hope he makes me. I hope he comes to Louisville, and makes me look dumb. But just based I mean, on what not, I saw not, last year, I'm not year, saying that's a bad thing to, to, to not take, but that we I, could use him. I mean, if that's the case, then I mean, you could argue we've already got two of those guys in re in lands. I think this would be a hot take. Maybe I think even if Amani Bates comes here next year, I think Kamari Lands is better than him. I mean, I don't think that's that's not. A, I mean, it could be a hot take because I haven't seen Kamari Lands play, but. I've seen enough of Bates plays that make me think that that shouldn't that shouldn't be a hot take. That should be a reasonable option of happening. It is worth keeping in mind. He was he should have been a high school senior last year when he was playing at Memphis. It's the same thing with Brandon Huntley Hatfield. The same thing. The same logic that we use to justify Brandon Huntley Hatfield stats, we probably should use. We're going to use if Imani Bates does come here to say you know why he looked kind of deer in the headlights last year. The difference is, you know, Imani Bates even when he reclassified was the I think number three overall player in that class despite being a high school senior, and he did not look like the number three overall player in that class at any point when he was playing for Memphis. So, And Penny's shown us absolutely nothing he can develop talent. Penny doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I, mean, I'm not I saying hate to say that bluntly. He, do, he doesn't. I'm not saying he Watch can't. Memphis play. I mean, well, they, did, they played so much better last month for the season without Bates. They should have. They, they were now, loaded with talent. I don't know if that was – I, I, I can, I can, I'd love to be able to say it was all Larry Brown because I do – I think like, – there are a few coaches that get more out of their players than Larry Brown does. And Say history, what you will about him. He knows what he's doing. History, yeah. You can't. Yeah, you can argue that as much as you can point out all the cheating in his history, I can also point out how much he's won with less talented teams than the people he went against, including the Pacers in the 90s that we talked about earlier in that rivalry with the Knicks. Yeah. That was Larry Brown who brought the Pacers to where they were and, and stayed for so long, even after he left. But, I mean, whether he can, he's a, is a better coach than maybe some people want to hash on him for, and that being Penny Hardaway, I mean, he has, he's definitely not shown that he can maybe, in terms of developing talent, we haven't seen it. You can put me in that category, because when you watch a Memphis game, it never seems like the team has any I, idea I what they're that. supposed to be doing. I'm not going to argue it, really. I, I think you have a reason to believe it. I mean, you watch that Gonzaga game. They played, They had bigger, more athletic dudes than Gonzaga. Yeah. Like th- That's why they played with him. And when it got down to crunch time, when you had to start, when Mark Few decided, hey, we're just going to isolate Drew Timmy, we're going to spread our guards out, and we're going to get him the ball in a effective position to score, you know, Penny's response to that was change nothing and just try to get points in transition. Just run, 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 run. Let's not forget, though, Penny is also when you, you just you described him being outcoached by a 20-year veteran in Mark View, where Penny is well, he also got in like his second year. I mean, Penny was still it was in the from, NBA when Mark View was already coaching. That's a, one example. He was far from the only guy who outcoached Penny Hardaway last year. No, like, that's true, but he also did. He also beat Kelvin Sampson twice, and Kelvin Sampson's a damn good coach. No question. And I will say this about that, too, though. That Memphis team, Far more talented than a Houston team who lost its three best players. That's true. Like I mean, they, Memphis, talent wise, was a top ten team last year. They should have been where they started the season, the preseason rankings. They looked kind of close to it by the end of the year. They did, but there was no excuse for them to be an AC last year. Like probably. He, and when you watch him like late game situations, he's got he's got no idea. Like he mm-hmm. just stands there, looks at Larry Brown, and says, "You know, tell me what to do." Yeah, he's also still, what his third year as a head coach. I mean, yeah. I would know barely any, pretty much any experience. He was no different than me bringing you and me off the radio show and putting his head coach. I mean, now that's I can't use that as an excuse because it's Memphis. He he knew what he was getting into. They knew what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. That so I mean, but you know, and who's to say ten years down the road he has not improved one bit? Maybe ten years down the road he's become a better coach. Who you know? I mean, will time will tell. Maybe time will tell. And when it comes to Memphis, they usually have. No problems hanging on to alumni as head coach long, way longer than they need to, so he'll probably be there in 10 years. It's a big year for him. Because he gets fired for, you know, all the level 32, level 2 violations he's gotten. Which is very, <laughs> I mean, they're going to get destroyed. I mean, they might. I mean, 
Are they going to? Are they facing like the closest you can come to a death penalty in co- in college sports? They again? should because not only did they, I mean, one, they got told you can't play this kid, and they played him anyway. Two, they got caught destroying evidence. Like that's the thing is, Penny Hardaway is named explicitly in I think six of their seven level one violations. So, like he's. I mean, do they get the? Because Baylor got. I mean, Baylor didn't get the death penalty, obviously, because they, they, they were playing. But, they won't get what Baylor got. But Baylor got hit pretty – I mean, Baylor was told you get to play conference games for only two years. Right. I and mean, you couldn't even play out of conference. Right. You didn't have any scholarships. Almost killed the program. I mean, they did all they could, yeah, and which compliments what Scott Drew, how, how well he's done building this team back up. But, I mean, they they were as close to getting the SMU death penalty as anyone has since 1988. But I don't think it'll be that bad. You don't think it'll be even that but, bad? But, again, like, I, I've got one AI, I mean, IARP, easy for me to say – case to go off of we, we we have no idea it's like the money base we got no idea what the hell these people are gonna do plus of all even you can rack up all the level twos and it's still what memphis did isn't as bad as what baylor did well no i mean baylor <laughs> i guess they both destroyed evidence one just was involved in a murder case i mean not just a murder case a player killing another player yeah i know all because the coach didn't want them i want people to know that they were changing grades and seriously giving the kid an apartment i mean yeah i mean that's... that was the big one uh texas what happens to first uofl knows it's punishment bates makes a decision or tom brady retires for good uh God, it's gotta brady be bates. third say that much because brady ain't retiring for good anytime soon no bates uofl brady yeah texas i've checked out with imani whatever he does i won't be surprised i think that's kind of where people are now people are just kind of like if he comes here cool like we'll react to it but at this point we're not, we're not treating him like DJ Wagner because he's not DJ Wagner. I mean, I was like that kind of from the beginning with Bates, though. If he comes here, awesome. If he doesn't, okay. I mean, but I think a lot of people besides a lot us, of people were, us very were very excited. excited. I agree. Yes, yes. Texas. The word from Twitter regarding the on three article just now: UK is the heavy favorite for Bradshaw. Yeah, he's gonna go there. That's what it sounds like. My Bradshaw's not coming to us. Doesn't sound like it. Texas says, so with you saying Bradshaw and Wagner are a package deal, how do you I didn't I did not say that. I hope that's a, a text directed to KRC. I was the one who's saying they were not a package deal. And that guy, I think it's the same guy who was mad at me. He's like, Roush says they're a package deal, Rutherford says they're not. I'm like, I'm not. I'm quite literally reading Bradshaw's comments saying they're not a package deal. I think you may have like hinted towards it at one point. No, I <laughs> stop. i never I've never thought that Bradshaw and Wagner were any sort of package deal. Mm-hmm. Why why do you say stuff like that that's blatantly like not true? I'm just trying to remember conversations. I mean, you may. I, I've you got may, no. I've got no inside information on this. I literally read Bradshaw's comments from his visits to UK and U of L, where he said we're not a package deal, and that was it. They're like Rutherford says they're not a package deal. Roush says they are. I'm like, so if that's a comment directed towards Ra- Roush, then so be it. I've never thought they were a package deal. I think that DJ Wagner is going to go to Louisville. I think Bradshaw is going to go to Kentucky. Well, what, what happened over the weekend that Bradshaw got Kentucky? Kentucky? He's always been at Kentucky lately. Oh, has he? Yeah. Okay. People have kind of always said he's going to go there. Texas. That's why we never bothered learning his name to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Ahmad. Isn't it Ahmad? Gary. No. What is it? Trevor. Is it Trevor? Is it Trevor? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's John. John Lay- Lay- Bray- Bradshaw Layfield. John. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, is it Farouk? <laughs> yes. It's just Bradshaw. It's Aaron. Uh, Texas says... Doesn't matter what your name is. Texas, we're never getting. I'm never getting rid of the black on black. No one can see the GD logo. Uh, so the, the what? There's a ranking from the two four seven twenty four seven sports. Let me correct myself. Rank the top twenty five helmets in college football, and they put Louisville's like chrome black helmet at number fifteen, 
And the texture's right. Like, you can't even see the cardinal bird, really. It's that, like, the dark one. Well, the, their first problem is putting a chrome on there. Chrome suck. The chrome helmets are hideous. I take it back. It's not the chrome. It's, like, the flat, the matte black. Helmet. Okay. Is the it flat the flat But it's not the one with the red bird on that? No. It's got, like, the white outline of the chrome. But you can barely see it. No, I don't I, like don't, I don't like this helmet at the all. The old school, remember before we actually got to see a black helmet, there was the, the picture of the black helmet with, like, the... The uh, the the old cardinal head on it. That that was the coolest looking black helmet we ever had, and we never wore it. Yeah, it was it was something that floated around the internet for a while, and it was like the it was the clear you could clearly see the cardinal head on it, and it was on the black helmet. That was the coolest one. Most of the black helmets we've done, I could do without. Who do you think they have at number one? I'm sure. I think as an old man, I'm sure I think it sucks. But I mean, did they go try to go like old school and say Alabama, which is the number on the side? No, they've got Alabama. At five. Okay, well, they put them up there then, didn't they? Yeah, it's um, a very old school list. Notre Dame? No, Notre Dame's at three. Okay. Um, I actually hate number one. Really? I don't think it's cool. USC? No. Ohio State. With the uh, little, little with Buckeyes. With the Buckeyes, yeah. Come on. I should have I should have gone Ohio State after USC because it's a very old man list. Ohio State one, the yeah. blank, the the bare Penn State helmets too. Well, first of all, old, old man, let's 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 hold back on that insulting of an old what's what's described as an old man list. Okay. Well, like the most like basic like traditional helmets ever are one, two, three. The Ohio State I like as long as you only have like a small cluster of those on the back. The ones that have them all the way up the side and so many of them, I, I think it looks stupid. My, I think my favorite is actually they got six, and this isn't an old school helmet, but I think Michigan's helmets were the best. Michigan school or Delaware, whichever you want to look at it way. <laughs> <laughs> who was that? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Who who was two again? Uh, Penn State. And who was three? And then three was Notre Dame. Notre Dame, four, four Miami, five Alabama, six Michigan. Miami, Miami doesn't do anything. For I like me. Miami's helmets. I mean, yeah, but you say Miami, you could also say Georgia or USC, as I mentioned, or you know, I mean, they're not they USC at ten. Where was Georgia at? 21. Okay. I Clemson, mean, 23. Suck it. See, those helmets aren't really, I don't know. Clemson's helmets suck. Clemson's uniforms aren't cool. I mean, Clemson, Miami, Georgia, even USC to a degree. I mean, those aren't, there's really nothing special that sticks out about them like you can when you say, Ohio State's nothing but gray. You know, that's, that's you know, or, or Penn State's all white, or Michigan has the whatever the hell that is on their helmet. I don't know. Well, hold I mean, on. That's so, something at least different where it's they, not it's not your basic solid color helmet with logo on the side. That's that you did. That's you can use that to describe like eighty two thousand. Like there's nothing special about it. I mean, like it's not like Penn State where it's all just one color. Well, it's there's quite literally nothing special or about Alabama. that. It's, it's different in a way. In a way, but it's just the most bland thing possible. Bland, yeah. I mean, Alabama's you could consider bland. It has a number on just it. The number, yeah. I but do. It's, it's different. I guess it sticks out. I mean, it's at least you know, I, and I guess you could say that. Well, Trevor, you like the different, and we use chrome and all these other stupid shiny helmet things. You hate those. I do. Boy, do I hate chrome helmets. You don't like different. I'm not a big fan of different. I don't I like know. change. I, I, that has been crystal clear for the last <laughs> 10 months. Texas Madden Sanker said today that his decision will make card fans very happy. Uh, same Texas says, why is Trevor so horny today? It must be the time of the year. I don't know. It's uh, mating season. You know what I think it is? I had I really had a really good dream last night. Oh god. Yeah, I don't need to know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't need to know. I thought you were gonna say the Arby's roast beef was very good today. Well no, A it was a burger. Oh. And it was it was it was good. It was good. Uh and because it, it was A it was just plain, first of all. But yeah. No, I did I woke up like right at two o'clock because I was I didn't really want to get up. It was one of those dreams I didn't want to wake up to. I wanted to stay I wanted to keep going back to sleep to finish it. I had to get up and come hang out with you today. 
Texture says, do you think Louisville Live should be moved to New Lou? No. I like it at Churchill Downs. I think it's perfect. I know it's a joke text, but Churchill Downs is perfect. Yeah, I'll do that because I'll never find it. Last Churchill Downs should be anyway. Churchill Downs makes more sense. Last year was perfect. And also, you can inflate the numbers. If like the if the attendance for night racing is 102,000, guess what? 102,000 people came to yeah. watch Louisville Live. There, Biggest midnight madness event in the, in the world. Drop the mic on that. That is the best reason right there ever to do it. They yeah. kind of did that last year, too, which is I don't blame them. I would, too. Uh, Texas AK asked Trevor, does he like AEW baddie Jade Cargill? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, she's growing on me. Still very raw, Still, but she's only been wrestling for less than like a year and a half. So, The only thing I wish she'd do is stop doing that stupid pump kick because she spotches it every time. Every time, and it just looks horrible every time she tries to do it. Tries to crazy, insane. You'd probably Jade, Jade Cargo's pretty cool. She's that former uh, starting center for Jacksonville University. Okay, she's a big girl. Yeah, big muscular. Texas says, "Are there any support resources in place by the NCAA for these kids getting millions of dollars? It took the major sports leagues years to learn that young people need help with tons of money slash celebrity. It seems like another uh, dereliction of duty by NCAA to overlook this. Freshman symposium for NIL participants is a no brainer." I got I, lost in that text. I'm not gonna lie. I agree with it. With pretty much everything they say, like it's, you know, they had the was there was a thirty for thirty I think done on athletes who squandered money when they were you know became millionaires at eighteen, nineteen, yeah, twenty. Yeah, the guy ended up being big on uh, pardon the interruption after the words. I forget. Yeah, they talked about the you mean the players going broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a good thirty for thirty actually. It was a thing we talked about for a long time, and now. I haven't heard it discussed, and we're talking about kids who are, you know, 16, 17 sometimes. I mean, the kid, you, I assume you saw the story about the, the quarterback, the four-star quarterback, who basically turned down like $8 million from Florida to allegedly get $9.5 million to commit to Miami from this John Ruiz guy. And I did not see this. This was yesterday. And Florida fans are, I mean, Napier's like already done. Like they're already ready to just like ride him out on the rails. Like they're like, get this guy out of here. We're, we're getting turned down. This guy's leaving millions of dollars on the table to go to Miami. What are we doing here? Um, and he's a, he's a four star 17 year old kid. Like what's he going to do with $10 million? It's probably OD at 21. I mean. Well, Trevor, <laughs> I mean, good God. <laughs> the point is, I, might. I agree with the texter that there has to be some sort of freshman symposium. Rick Pitino preached this for a long time about how he would talk to his players about how to manage money, whether they were going to be NBA players or not. There are things that you need to know. There are things that I wish I knew coming out of college that I didn't know about, you know, handling finances. And trust me, like I, I'm not making anywhere near the amount of money that even like the worst NIL deal is going to get oh, made. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. But like, you know, what to do with taxes? Like how to put stuff aside? Like what a 401k is? Like, like any of that stuff? I think would be need to know information for uh, a college kid, let alone one who's going into college with potentially seven figures next to his name. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, they they definitely do. I mean, there's no different than they. You know, they have people work with them on how to deal with media, you know, and getting them groomed for something like that, something that they've never had to do before now. I mean, yeah, they definitely, I mean, I don't know if you can bring in Chris Carter and have him give the same kind of speech he gives to rookies at the NFL, which would be awesome. Remember, I know you've heard clips of that. Mm-hmm. When yeah. Fall guy. Yeah. You know, and but he also talks about the money and dealing with, you know, having all this money right away and where you're going to have, you know, it's going to be a handout central from family members and this and that. And let's let's be honest. I mean, I don't know who this four-star quarterback is, but for all we know, this might be the last time he makes a, a, a chunk of money. Yeah, why I not mean, get it while you can? I mean, he may be not be any good, and he may not, you know, he may end up riding the bench and end up bouncing to another college, and then, you know, four years down the road, he's maybe a grad transfer trying to play at East Central Florida, and you know, he's he's you know, end up going to work in at Walmart. But yeah, so 
odds are he may just blow through all that money. You should need to have somebody. We talked about Scoots. His name is Jaden Rashada, by the way. Probably won't remember that. Our man Scoots, uh, we've talked about how he won the lottery. Remember, I think yeah. we told the story. And he, he was telling me about it. I actually asked him finally about it one day we were in the Bats game. And, you know, he told me how much he won. And after taxes, you know, how much he got dwindled down to. And it was still a huge chunk of money. And he was like, I was in my early 20s. He was like, I I set, you know, at the best seat you can to like five straight Tampa Bay Lightning games right on the ice. You know, I went I went to, I'd go down to Daytona and be like, give me a, you know, a, a, a suite on the, on the beach, you know, for three nights. What cost this much, sir? I don't care. Here's my car. That, and that's, you know what? And he was like, he's like, I know people maybe want to judge me for blowing all through this money, you know, by the time I'm in a couple of years, but. In your early twenties, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, and he, and he said he's like, I don't regret it, and I wouldn't either. But you know, it's still. I mean, we're talking a, that's a dime compared to what this guy's making, and it's especially tough because all these kids think that there's just more money to come, and right? And and for ninety eight percent of them, it's not. Well, I mean, the kids who get these types of deals, you know, no, because we're getting to the point now we're giving out these kind of deals to three star and four star. What's, what I can't wait till the first two star gets like half a mil. Well, again, that's not really happening. Like, like this kid's a four star getting nine and a half million. The, the people who are getting seven figure deals are all four and five stars. And I mean, four star. I'd say more than two percent of those are going to get money in the NFL eventually. But to your mm. point, though, last year, remember Derek King was like the first player to get a big time NIL deal. Yep. Like signs that big deal in July, making no pro money. And he's yeah, I mean he's not on a roster. He's not he's no. he's nowhere right now. If he doesn't, if NIL doesn't exist, he makes no money off of. His career as a football player, probably not. Maybe he latches onto a team at some point in the future. Any money for his career but as of right now, like he it was, he needed to capitalize when his name was hot, and he did, thankfully, and ended up not even being the best quarterback on his own team that season. Like it's yeah, he got benched for the Van Dyke guy, who's uh, like now everybody thinks maybe the best quarterback in the ACC. But yeah. if and you have to hope that he knew what to do with that money, that he was responsible with it, that he's it's in a place now where he's feeling good about himself and he can launch some sort of post-college career, even if it's not related to football. And if he didn't, if he didn't have the right instruction, if he didn't have the right knowledge, then boom, like it was just all for nothing. He's screwed. Um, Texture says, let's check the message boards to see what Mike really said about Bradshaw. Don't check there. <laughs> Texture says, Mike, I'm officially in panic mode. This is already feeling like many of the other failed coaches going back to their alma mater. Talk me off this ledge. Well, let's calm down. It's we haven't even coached a game yet. Very, very early. Well, even if this season goes poorly, I'm not going to hit the total panic button on Kenny Payne. Even if it, if it doesn't go, even if we don't make the tournament, it, I'm going to hold out until he gets a roster that looks like the ones that we expected him to get. Even with the roster we don't expect to have this year, we should still get a feel about coaching. Though. We should, but if it goes poorly. To the to the the extent that we're you know just a kind of whatever team a slightly better than last year sort of around 500 and don't make the tournament I'm not going to be all out on Kenny Payne I'm going to wait and see what he does with the DJ Wagner's of the world and hopefully I mean you know hopefully some of the guys who have good seasons for us next year will be back and we can really figure out what we've got with Payne and the staff in 2023-24 that's kind of my mindset going into this year and if he overachieves to the point where we're like top 25 good NCAA or even NCAA tournament good then I'm even more excited about the future yeah. Uh, Texas, is that gold Louisville helmet floating around Twitter real? Have you seen that? I know it was um, no. Rick Kieber, prominent UVL booster, posted that. It does kind of look like a like Purdue Cardinals helmet. Uh, uh, it's, it was interesting, but yeah. Texas, the murder bird was robbed. I love the murder bird helmet. Which one was the murder bird? We wore him for the Auburn game in 2015. Those murder bird, like the, the devil killer bird, <laughs> weird uniforms. I probably blacked it out. Yeah. Come on, man. 
Uh, Texas says, so Trevor's, so Trevor's reasoning is their helmets are different because they're plain and not different. Yeah. <laughs> well said, Texter. Texter says, <laughs> Texter says the abs suck. Joe Sackick, more like Joe Suckick. Stevie Y was the better. Red Wings fan, I'm telling you, this rivalry never dies. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie Y was the better player and is the better GM. He's not. Wings are coming back, baby. No, they're not. Have the Wings won anything since like they went back-to-back back in the 90s? They lost the Penguins in a, um, well, I think, I guess, a cup finals a few years ago. Did they? But they haven't. Yeah, they had those are their glory years for sure. Yeah, the uh, Scotty Bowman years. Oh yeah, even though Scotty, you know, those Scotty, teams were the Russian. Scotty five. Bowman coached St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues when they were an uh, expansion team in the '60s and took them to three straight Stanley Cups in the Jeez. '60s. It's long Scotty Bowman's been around. He killed it. He's been. They won the cup in like mid 2000s after that great run, and they yeah, haven't. They, did. they haven't done anything since. Yeah, I think of that 97, 98. That that they had that run that, that, that followed right after the Penguins run. I'm excited. So I don't know if you remember this. The so I'm excited for the thirty for thirty for a lot of reasons. But do you remember uh, Vladimir Konstantinov? Uh, the name, I actually, do know the name. Yeah. So if you remember the name, you remember he was on the the Red Wings, those great teams in the nineties, the Russian Five, and he was the one who got in the limo accident and had like terrible brain damage. Now that I don't remember, obviously. But. So he's yeah, he like, every, like everybody thought he was going to die within a year. Like they, he was on the team the year after they won the cup. I think it was ninety eight after he got hurt, and they brought him out on the ice like. Even as an Avs fan, like just horribly emotional, it was a terrible, terrible thing. He's in the thirty for thirty, and like he looks like he's like like, like semi okay. Like he looks way better than you would think somebody who was supposed to have been dead twenty years ago would look. And I'm excited to hear him talk because like they end the thirty for thirty with like I still hate them. Like he's like he's like sitting there talking like he's, he still struggles to talk. But I'm excited to hear that part of the story. Anyways, I'm okay. very. When was that thirty for thirty? I don't know. They had, they put the trailer out a couple weeks ago, and like I just got all. Juiced on it. Did you watch the? It seemed like it was like five parts, which is why I probably didn't watch it. The one on the uh, U.S. women's basketball team. No, I saw. I saw they had they running as a marathon. Like it came out like they came out the week you were on vacation, I believe. Okay, yeah, I'm and but they made it like four parts. I'm like, did you, did you really need to do four parts on this? Like it seemed like this couldn't just be an hour. Texas is another failure of the NCAA, in my opinion. The yeah, I agree with that. Texas the NIL will last for two to three more years tops. Too many people are going to get burned by flops. Well, I, I don't think. I think there'll be restrictions put in place that aren't in place now, but NIL is going to be a thing that's here to stay. Like they're I mean, not. You're talking again. You're talking about millions of dollars now. We've already dwindled down to four stars. In a couple of years, it's going. I mean, I, I, sooner than later, it's going. You're going to see three stars start getting six figures, seven figures. I, I don't think it's going to get there because I think the restrictions will be put in place before that happens. You would hope where they they'll try to nip. Uh, pay for pay in the butt. I don't know if you heard Kirk Herbstreit's latest thing where he's like they're going to start getting cut into TV deals. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's probably going to happen. But who's going to like? Players will start getting started the cut from TV. If that does happen, then you know any semblance of amateurism is gone. But Texas does Bates freshman year point more to how important coaching is to college players or how hit and miss recruiting rankings can be? I think both. I think like most answers to these questions, it's it's a little bit of both. Bates isn't the first or last player to be possibly overhyped. I think also like he, it was wrong on both sides to put him at point guard, and apparently it was like one of his demands. It was one. He wanted to play point guard in college. He wanted to go to a school that guaranteed he was going to play point, which is wrong on his end. And it was wrong on Penny to just allow that to happen. We, were, One of the things that I liked the most about the Rick Pitino era is when kids made demands, he was like, no. The most, I guess, infamous case is D'Angelo Russell, who was like, I want guarantee that I'm going to start. And Pitino said, no. He's like, you're not going to start here. And Russell went to Ohio State, did what he was going to do, played, had a bunch of highlights, got drafted early. They lost in the first round. We went to the Elite Eight. Like that's 
you don't give into kids at this level. And I, I think you're seeing Kenny Payne kind of do that too with the NIL stuff. He's saying, we want you to make money off your name, image, likeness. We don't want it to be a deal where you come in here and say, I need at least 600K right off the bat. And he's not, it's, it might be why the roster looks like it is right now. Yeah, you go talk to Sats if you want that. Well, <laughs> not Sats, not Sats specifically. Texas says, why are we panicking on KP? Did I miss something? Well, we're just talking in general about the, you know, it, we're not getting any players. Imani Bates thing is up in the air. Every other transfer that is a name that did anything is is off. So the roster is the roster. I think that's uh, that, that's the, if you want to use the word panic. All right, we'll take a break when we come back. We've got about 20 minutes. We have to get to our DJ Wagner update of the day. Yeah. We'll take a quick look at the football talk, and then we'll get ready for Keith Wynn coming up at 5 o'clock. And more of your text as well, 502-414-1450. That's the uh, Thornton's text line. You know it. You love it. Use it. We'll talk to you after the break. Coming up here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Secrets of songs today. It's a, it's a random Trevor day. I can tell. I trying to connect these dots would have been like I was, I was getting very worried about having to try to connect these dots. Uh, see, I started with the uh, started with the Suzuki uh, theme song. Okay. Uh, Manero Suzuki, who's awesome, a an NW uh, New Japan Pro Wrestler. I uh, started with him. Then we went Starship. Nothing can stop us now. Uh, Wicked Games, and now John Mellencamp. Love it, and love it. Uh, I, I've said this before. I get these random press releases from the like U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Oh, no, <laughs> and this I just opened this one now. Since May first, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers at the port of Louisville have stopped 407 pounds of drugs heading to Australia and New Zealand as they travel through express consignment facilities in the U.S. Oh, why are we sending them our drugs? The narcotics are being shipped from various locations. Some are states out addresses, while other shipments originate from Canada, Spain, Brazil, Nigeria, Mexico, and France. I mean, are these drugs coming from these countries to us, or are we sending them to And then we're country? sending them to Australia and New Zealand. The drugs were concealed in various ways. Some of the shipments were listed as sports equipment, while others were hidden in electronics, clothing, and toys. The drugs that were seized included 100, 132 pounds of methamphetamine, 114 pounds of cocaine, 110 pounds of marijuana, 40 pounds of fentanyl, not kale fennel, <laughs> 6 pounds of steroids, and 5 pounds of ketamine. There you go. Just keeping you updated on our ports of entry and how we're controlling them. Was the marijuana, was it made out of, was the television stage, television set made out of marijuana? Couldn't tell you. The whole van is made out of marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't give you the fine details. The whole plane is made out of marijuana. That's why I weighed 110 pounds. Why are we so, why? Okay, first of all, why are we sending our drugs to Australia? Should yes. we be sending them the other way? I like that you're the most upset about this. Like, why are we sending I mean... Keep them in town. I mean, maybe Buy not. Buy local. 
keep Louisville weird. <laughs> keep our fentanyl and and and, and, and special K here. Get the fentanyl out of here. Yeah, yeah feel can, free to ship that. Yeah, one. we can send that one, but let's you know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just <laughs> we send them like Stop. the like so like the bad coke. I mean. <laughs> Oh man, uh, we only have like or Australia. That's I mean, are they at the level really they get their drugs from Louisville, Kentucky? No, they're going through Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, let's start getting them from somewhere good at least. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. Uh, let's go. I tell you what, we only have like ten minutes here in the segment. We we're gonna have Keith went on to start five o'clock hour because it's going to guarantee that we're going to get a commitment in football. I want to yeah. talk to him about Luke Burgess, who's next, what's going on with Madden Sanker. Uh, also, how the the visits over the weekend went. We'll talk about that. Jaden Bradford in town, four star quarterback from twenty twenty four. Did a flip and threw a pass in a video that was on uh, social media. That was cool. So we'll take some text here. Uh, we'll kill like eight minutes to try to get uh, the text line cleared out. Texter says, uh, "This I think this is for you, Trevor. What's your opinion on racing Louisville? The soccer team? Yeah. Uh, I don't follow them very much, to be honest with you. But I hope they do well. They're struggling a little bit. I saw they traded. Uh, uh, they, weren't they dominant? Like the first year they were around, first year or two they've been around? No. I thought they were good. No. That's the women's team, right? Yeah. They won the women's cup last year. Maybe you're thinking of that. That was Okay, fun. well that's pretty good. I mean two matches at home. Two yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like four team, it, it was a four team tournament. And I know they had an issue with the coach. They did. They also today I thought it was they, they got rid of Ebony Salmon Salmon, who was a player that everybody was excited about, but she was pissed off that she wasn't playing enough. Okay. Um but there I think out of I think there are twelve teams in well, the good for the salmon. Yeah. <laughs> there are twelve teams in the NWSL and they're ninth right now. So not there's great. twelve teams in that league? Twelve teams. Good not great. But we did beat the team that's at the top of the table, San Diego Wave. Wave them goodbye. Wave them goodbye. Yeah, San Diego. San Diego Wave. Wasn't that the name of the double dribble team? <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds right. Remember? Because it looked like a pickle. It was supposed to be a wave. When it was a kid, we were like, hey, you know what that looks like? They famously have uh, Alex Morgan, who I'm sure you've heard of. She's their star. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she plays with the – I assumed you'd heard of her because she's attractive, and that's – the casual fan well, latches on to the attractive female name. soccer plans. <laughs> her name's irrelevant, right? There you go. Um, Texas says, Wings Fever rusted. I can't say that. Um, <laughs> how's it, there's no Wings Fever. You guys didn't even make the playoffs. How are they Wings fans? They're more here than you'd think. I've got friends yes. that are. I've got more that. I have close friends who are diehard Red Wings fans. I believe I told you my only NHL game I've ever been to was Detroit and Toronto. That'd be cool. I didn't even pay to go to see it. I've been to two. Both Predators Avalanche games. When I was in Detroit in '94, for I uh, I wanted to go see the Detroit Sports Hall of Fame, which is not as lovely as it sounds. By the way, doesn't sound lovely. It's basically in the. It's basically a bunch of giant pinup pictures of uh, their famous athletes in the basement of Joe Louis Arena. Just Sergey Fedorov everywhere. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like what you see the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame at Freedom Hall, where they have the little plaques, you know. Oh, really? Except this is in the basement, and it's like giant b- versions of those. So they're very much bigger, which made Dave Bing look almost life size. But I was like, I'm 14. You know, I was in Detroit. We were going. I was going. We were there to go. My mom was taking me to see the Lions game, and we went to a Pistons game. So we went to go see this, and we go down. And I guess they were having the the they were playing later that night, and we were like, what's? They they said, you know, you can go down. There's no problem. And we were down there long enough to where when we came back up, they had already started like taking tickets, and we were already past the ticket people because we were down in like the lower levels. And so I actually walked, we walked in and just watched like the first period of the, 
uh, Red Wings and Maple Leafs without ever paying for a ticket. Not a bad deal. No, I stay. I stay. We left uh, a little bit into the second period, but it was actually fun. Hockey's one of those games, especially going to River River Frogs and Ice Hawks games. I always felt like it's it's better to be live than on TV. Way better live for sure. And the fact that I mocked it for its television viewing earlier in the show confirms that. I mean, well, I don't, didn't really confirm anything. It's an opinion. But... Confirms it from my opinion. Well, yeah, it's, it's your opinion. <laughs> confirms my opinion. Dude. I can confirm my opinion is fact. Texture <laughs> says Trevor touted Scoot's decision-making ability. Isn't he also the guy who agreed to impregnate his now lesbian ex-girlfriend, which was requested by her and her now lesbian ex-girlfriend? That dude does not make good decisions. Yes, that was him. <laughs> I started to say he was talking about me. I'm like, I never did that. I would have, but I didn't. So I just said, uh, traveling back from Chicago from the big AEW pay-per-view, yeah, I know man. Trevor watched. Where did he DoorDash from? His thoughts from the pay-per-view. You've already kind of shared basic thoughts. I didn't uh, I didn't DoorDash it, though. What, wait, what? Did I, you cook? Pizza. Oh, well, Papa John's. Just standard delivery. Stuff, uh, yeah, uh, the, the pepperoni cheese stuffed crust pizza. Yeah. Stuffed crust is a scam. Oh, man, whatever. The pepperoni, the Papa John's puts pepperoni and cheese in her crust. Oh, I mean, you, you talk about, I mean, it, it was like right there when they discovered chocolate and peanut butter together. Such a great combination. It was good, though. Intern Jacob's texted in text line, but I think it's for KRC. Wait, how do we know it's Intern Jacob? Because he signs it Intern Jacob. <laughs> That's a good clue. It's a good Wow. Unless it's an awful red herring. You, I bet I bet when it came to playing Clue, you were the man. <laughs> he says, can't miss the show. I guess everyone knows the Masters trophy is the clubhouse on a trophy. Come on, you dinguses, and agreed, Scooter, the World Series trophy is superior. First of all, Stanley Cup's the best trophy, if that was the discussion that I'm assuming took place. It's the best trophy. It's Yeah, I don't think there's an argument to that. I think it's because of the tradition and history of it and the fact you have all the names on it and everything. Yeah, It's, it's, it's incredible. Best, yeah. Second best... We've had this discussion before off-air, which is how cool we are, about how we like all the major sports trophies. Oh, yeah, they're all cool. I mean, there's not... best, I think it's the Heisman. Well, I mean, I'm, we're talking about team, no championships, really. Uh, I mean, but Now, if you do that, then you got to start talking like MVP awards as well. And, and they're mean, doing like... Because mas- they're talking about golf. They're talking about the Masters Trophy. Um, I don't know the Watermaker Trophy's like, cool. So I can't really... Claret Jug is cool. Uh, Wimbledon Trophy is just like a plate. That's Come the on. big plate, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Lame as hell. Um, I would say MLB would be second, I guess. I mean, I think MLB is second because I'm with you there because uh, O'Brien and Lombardi are kind of very similar. They're pretty basic. The you know statuette with the sport of a, the ball on the end of it. I mean, they're kind of the same thing if you think. I mean, if you look at it a little bit, so they're one A and one. They're kind of in the same ballpark. So yeah, the, yeah I would say MLB World Series with all the flags on it's pretty cool. Texas, I put not getting any players right now on the NCAA slash IRP delay and not necessarily KP. They can't commit to a team who may not even be playing in the postseason this year. The amount of wait and see we've done for the past five years should be should serve as time served. Yeah, and that's kind of that's where I was two months ago when we started this whole thing. I think it's a little bit different when you talk about not getting guys that Have were freshman years, transfers yeah. or sophomore transfers, especially when some of those guys are going to Kansas and Arizona, two programs that might be in the exact same boat as we are. But when you're talking about like losing. Brian McNeil, uh, grad transfer, played four years at West Virginia to Ohio State. I get that because you can't go and tell that kid, hey, like 100%, we're going to be in the NCAA tournament this year. And I don't, Kenny Payne does not strike me as a guy who's going to try to, you know, fool people. He's not going to try to tell you, we're hearing good things. He's got to say, I don't don't know. And if you you have a guy with one year of eligibility remaining, they're probably, 
Like they've probably given up on being a first round NBA draft pick. They they know that it's Oh, if you're in a situation like the the, the McNeil you know, kid. Yeah, McNeil, yeah, then you're You're looking for the best possible experience looking, to end your college career. You're, you're looking exactly. for a little bit of NIL money. You you want to play on a bigger spotlight. You want to get the best possible college experience. And lastly, you want to experience March Madness you as much play as you March. can. Yep. You want to try to go. It's all about enjoying the college life, exactly. And so I get that. Do I think that we should have done more with maybe some of the guys that we missed out who on who had more years of eligibility? Yeah, I, th- I think you could have gotten at least somebody. Hell, we got Brand Huntley Hatfield very quickly, who's fits that mold perfectly. Played one year at Tennessee, he's got several years of eligibility, but it's a, you can't act like it's not a factor. It certainly has played a part in the roster being what it is right now. Texas says, "What's most surprising slash unexpected? U of L having a Heisman winner." Or landing the number one, uh, I'm assuming he means running back in the nation. Heisman, Heisman winner. winner. Heisman winner. So I, I still have to pinch myself to make me believe same. that. I, I never mean, thought we'd see the day that Louisville would have a Heisman winner. I would I would have guessed we probably had a better chance of winning a national title than a Heisman winner at one point. A hundred percent. I absolutely and I mean, would have. And then there's reason for that when you think about the you know the, the 13th season and the 6th season and so on. But but still, yeah, I never thought we'd. I mean, I guess maybe when 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 Griffith won it at Baylor, I started to have maybe a belief that it could we could have a shot, but still, I, I would have never guessed it. I don't even know if we'll ever even come close to winning another one. Texas says the drugs have been found concealed in the soles of Louisville basketball shoes. Coach McMains is believed to be the drug syndicate responsible. <laughs> no wonder our players look like they moved in a lot in, down in, in a line motion, slow motion. They were hauling extra pounds of down under ketamine in their shoes. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, I wish they could have given him some of that coke. Texas <laughs> says, uh, when did TK drop the bacon nickname? You dropped it for a while, I think. Uh, I still People still call me bacon. But did it's you, not like did, a normal thing. Everyone who calls me bacon is somebody who I worked with probably between like 08 and, uh, and 10 and 11. Like anybody I worked with at the old radio stations, they, I mean, Sweeney still calls me only bacon. I mean, I know other people do too as well from back in those days. Those are the most ones that do this still. I don't mind it. I don't want to drop it. I liked it. I had no problem with it. It just, you know. Texas says Trevor on lacrosse. Yeah, that looks really hard. Trevor on pole vaulting. I could totally do that. Yes. I could do lacrosse too. It's not very well. You could not do pole vaulting at all. You think I can do play lacrosse? Better than you could pole vault. I can say, I don't know why you think I can't pole vault. I've explained the f- physics, basic physics understanding no. is why I don't think you can pole vault. I couldn't pole vault. Oh, you're selling yourself short. No, you first of all, you have to run. You don't like running. I mean, running, jogging, fast pace, walking. I mean, these are all. You think the pole has more magical powers than it actually does. You think the pole's going to do all the work. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not the way it's it not works. The first time in life I, I felt I, that. <laughs> I understand that I opened myself up for that, and I knew it was going to happen. I stand by my statement. <laughs> the poll is not magic. Oh my uh, God! Texas <laughs> says Arizona and Kansas clearly show that NCAA trouble is not a cause for lack of recruiting. I think Nolan Smith is a Duke coach, and all the other guys are old heads that never amounted to anything after Lou. I wouldn't want to play there either. Well, he wouldn't know anything. You can't this, say this that about the angry Jameson. Guy. Jameson, you don't know anything about old Ed. I mean, well, this is the guy who's rooting for Russia and Saudi Arabia in the World Cup, too. I don't want me. He's just trying to be mad. Just because, just because angry he wants to root for Russia, don't make him a bad person. Now, uh, Texas, the day for going Heisman bobblehead walked, uh. walked, so Lamar could fly. Yeah. <laughs> Dave told me. I remember he told me one day in the past he had like boxes of those in his garage. I really, I, oh, I want one. To this day, I wish I could get one of those. Like that's 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 some piece of memorabilia I would I would pay decent money for. Seven nine. He gave me my bobbleheads back. Did you have Did you have one? I had a, I had a bunch over there. No, but did you have the, Did you ever go? We didn't have the. I had a John O. Smith one. Okay. And a Denny Crum one. 
and a bunch of others. Jeff Dude, Conine. We're, we're going over there. Sneak attack. We're going to drive over there. Prank we're going to knock on the door. Prank war is on. Like, we're like, like DX showing up to the WCW. We're going to drive up and in, a, in my RAV4. We're going to pull up and be like, we want our bobbles. We want our bobbles. It was legitimately the only thing that happened. They're like, I don't think you have anything here that you would need. I'm like, ah, just those bobbleheads in the studio. They're like, we'll put them in a box and we'll send them to you. Never got them. Oh, yeah, we're going to get those. Never got them. Texas, I've been listening since the very first show of the Mike Rutherford Show, and Trevor thinking he can pull vault may actually be the craziest thing that he said. <laughs> I actually agree with that. Is, is, are we are we adding pole, me trying to pole vault to the list of summer uh, endeavors this year? No, because there's, <laughs> it's not even worth trying. What, what, what about this? Have okay. you seen a pole vault? Yeah, yes, I've seen a pole vault. And you think you could... <laughs> You could do that. Well, I don't know if I can do I'm just it well. I mean, just, I can try I'm just imagining it. imagining it now. I can give it a go. Anybody can try it. Well, yeah. It's like, I think I could throw a football 150 yards. I could try. I don't know if I could. I can Are give we it talking a shot. like real football or Nerf? Real. Because that Nerf Turbo, I think I can, I can oh maybe. Oh, my God. We, we've, all right, we talked over the top of the hour. we got to go to break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to get Keith Wynn on. He's going to talk uh, some football recruiting. He'll react to the news of Luke Burgess. And because it's Keith coming on the show... It means a new commit is imminent. We're going to talk about who that might be. Yeah. All that coming up in hour number three of the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. And everything looks so complete when you're walking down on the streets and the wind catches your feet, sets you flying, crying. Best 80s star named after a future MLB star. She's <laughs> Still the weirdest song ever written, I think. I don't know. Have you ever listened to the lyrics to Mr. Misters? No. Uh, bro, I mean, it's like the blood in you will rise in me and stuff. And that song's Don't got some weird lyrics. Blood on a guy in sheds, oh no. Yeah, the lyrics just make no sense. The only reason Clue this song is popular is because of the, the, just the term sunglasses at you just, night. You have to assume the whole origin story of the song is that he was like wearing sunglasses at night one time. And they're like, we should do a song about that, bro. And he's like, okay, I bet you can't. Bet I can. Let's make it happen. It makes no sense otherwise. Speaking of sunglasses. <laughs> you like this. I, I, I set this up. Got to give a plug to our friends over at Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout. It'll save you 25% on whatever you want to buy from them. All sorts of styles, all sorts of colors, all sorts of stuff going on over at ShadyRays.com. And if you lose those sunglasses or Trevor Kelsey just sneaks into your house and takes them, they're going to get, hook you up with a replacement pair in the first 30 days after purchase. ShadyRays.com. Promo code Big X. Still one pair of your sunglasses and you won't let it go, will you? I won't. I'm never going to. Uh, or <laughs> headphones, too. Oh, you got those back. I'm wearing them now. They still smell like the OG studio. Do they? they do. I can't, I can't shake I it. Had to, those don't know. I guess you... For, for like, how long were they there? Like a month? Solid three weeks. Yeah, for like three weeks, everyone over at the OG studio was like, where did these headphones come from? 
Whose are they? They're nice headphones. The big hint of that should have been the day after when I told you, hey, Trevor, I left my headphones over at the OG ah, studio. See, here's the thing. You say you told me that, but I don't think you did because you left them there when I was on vac- I was out of town. I wasn't even with you when you were at that show. I know I told you at some point. So therefore, you unless you told me on Monday. I told you at some point. You didn't tell me because you left. I told you. You left on Friday. You were there with, with well, I guess. I was with Keith. Our guest, yeah. Yeah. That's speaking a segue of, right there. Speaking of, we got to bring him in now. The look, the Yuva football coaching staff has requested this, and you know when they get in involved in something like this, it's a big deal. We've had him on he, the last time he was on the show. We got a commitment from the number one running back in America right afterwards. The time before that, while he was on a on air, Jermaine Lole committed, maybe the biggest defensive player for this upcoming season. So we do this just shamelessly to try to get another player in the next 24 hours. He's Keith Wynn. We also do it because we love him. He's a deputy editor over at Card Chronicle. Follow him on Twitter, at Keith underscore Wynn. Keith, good to have you back on the show. Hey, great to be back. Uh, Let's talk, first of all, we get a commitment over the weekend. We won't talk about what's to come uh, until we get past this. Uh, Luke Burgess, offensive lineman, a lot of talk from the UofL fan base about it's great to get all these specialty players. we got to get bigger and better in the trenches. Adding Burgess certainly is a large step towards making that happen, correct? Yeah, you know, you get a guy that's six foot eight, uh, six seven and a half, somewhere in there, and he's bolted up to two hundred and ninety five pounds since uh his his past season where he was only two seventy five. You know, real slender guy. Uh so, you know, obviously with that much length it's hard to really be you know, gain a lot of weight for some guys and he's since the season ended, he's bolted up to two ninety five. Uh he's posted that he's improved all of his weightlifting numbers. So that's another great sign and on top of that he's the one of the highest rated offensive line recruits in the history of the program, uh, you know, and the highest rated uh, high school offensive line commit. So, you know, they're getting a high-level guy. They're getting a guy that's been on campus more than 10 times. So they know him. They, they prioritize him. Uh, they know that he fits what they do. So that's obviously a huge plus. But I think the other side of it is that, you know, it really starts off this offensive line class that could be one of the best that they've ever had. And, uh, you know, I think he's a really major commit, and I'm, I'm just kind of happy that it somehow or another didn't slip away. You know, it, it, he kind of – he waited as long as possible to make his commitment before a guy who's been on campus uh, as many times as he has. But um, I don't think it could be overstated, you know, um, how big of a commitment it is for them uh, with him being able to come in and play tackle where they need some depth next year. Now, I like seeing some of the current members of this recruiting class talk about how, like, this is just the start. Now we're getting the big boys involved in this. It sounds like there are more offensive slash potentially defensive linemen commitments to come. Who else are we talking about here? Who are we keeping an eyeball on now? So I think the the, the next domino to fall is uh, potentially Jordan Church. Um, hopefully, maybe as soon as today, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but Church is a is a massive uh, offensive guard prospect. Uh, played at IMG down in Florida. Obviously, one of the best programs in the country. Uh, so that's a huge plus. He's going to be playing against top talent every day at practice. And then their schedule, they schedule some of the best teams in the country. Uh, so I think that's a huge plus. He's about 6'4", 340 pounds, really big, big kid who moves well. But I think the most impressive thing about him is he has some unreal upper body strength. Um, just tosses guys around uh, that are that are pretty big themselves. So I think he uh, has that, that nasty streak that, that offensive line coaches love. Um little raw in some areas, but you expect that for guys that uh, are 16, 17 years old. But I think the, the big thing is that he has the body. He has the, the size already. Then you get him in here with Ben Satters and his team to work on that body to, to, to improve. And, you know, he's a little bit lower rated. 
but he's choosing between Louisville and Pitt and Florida State and some other big power five schools. So obviously some big teams want him. Uh, Louisville seems to be in really good shape. Uh, it's kind of a waiting game to see when he pulls the trigger, but I feel pretty confident we're going to hear something pretty soon. Another offensive lineman that we've been talking about for a while, you know, is he going to commit? Is he not going to commit? Like, it seems like it's more of a when, not if type deal now is Madden Sanker. And maybe my favorite story from over the weekend was, and who knows how true it is, but there's stories out there on the recruiting sites that he, you know, he was on the visit to Miami and that the Miami staff basically was like, you don't need to be here because he was just telling all the kids about how they need to go to Louisville. Um, <laughs> it's, it certainly sounds like he's a guy who's been you know, openly showing his love for Louisville despite being technically uncommitted. Uh, wh- what do we have on the Madden Sanker front right now? So uh, I, Fager's a, a big Twitter guy. He's a big, big, you know, social media guy. And he, he retweets, likes all the love from, from different fan bases, likes to show off the pictures from the visits or not. He's enjoying the process, which I love. I love any kid that, you know, taking this opportunity and, you know, hey, it's the best time of your life. Why not have fun with it? Uh, he has done, he has not, I don't think he's tweeted, liked anything from Miami, at all, and he's been on campus there for three days. So I, I noticed that this morning because he kept getting more crystal ball predictions, and I was like, man, I, I feel like everybody, uh, even from the Miami side, it's like, yeah, he's going to Louisville. And I was like, man, that, that trip couldn't have been great or, or something, or maybe he's at, he's down there and he's just letting them know that, hey, I made my mind up. But that story checks out with how his social media checks out right now, which I think is absolutely great. So he's up to maybe 10 or 11 predictions now from you know various uh, various sites. Uh, various different, um, you know, schools from a cover standpoint. So I think that right now, like you said, it's, it's a matter of uh, when, uh, not if. And, you know, feels very much with all those predictions kind of coming in, it feels like he's maybe already made his decision, uh, and, and it's just waiting for when it happens. If you look at Luke Burgess, he told the staff on Friday, he announced on Sunday, uh, you know, that's usually more of just when do I want to make, make my announcement if I'm trying to get, a, you know, a certain time if I want to be around family, all, all those things like that that we obviously don't really have insight in. I would be surprised if it goes more than this week. Uh, seems like Georgia isn't really uh, somewhere that he's thinking about going anymore or, or making that choice. That was always the, the question to me is whether or not it's Georgia or Louisville. And Georgia seems to be out of the picture. Their recruiting site folks are picking Louisville. At that, at that point, you, you know it's just a matter of when, when it comes and – you know, I'm hoping this week it'd be really nice for them to kind of uh, seal up the, the top end of the offensive line class and then see if they can get guys like Kobe Keenum and Raymond Polito to, to join in also. Talking with Keith Wynn here, a little Louisville, Louisville football chatter here in the third hour of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Uh, we're talking future offensive linemen or potential future offensive linemen. Real quickly, let's talk about a current Louisville offensive lineman. I saw today Caleb Chandler has been named uh, Walter Camp Football Foundation preseason All-American first team He's getting a lot of love uh, when it comes to these early NFL mock drafts. Are you buying the hype with Caleb Chandler coming into what's going to be probably his, I guess technically it will be, his last season as a Louisville Cardinal? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm probably leading the hype train. I mean, after 2019 when he was playing next to Mekhi Beckett and, and obviously Beckett just overshadowed anybody on that offense, you know, offensive line, you know, I felt like, you know, the next season was going to be uh, where he shined, where people really saw that, He's also an uh, NFL caliber player, and it just didn't really come through. The, the entire season obviously wasn't great. He had the COVID year. Obviously, tons of things go wrong there. I think last year he was really able to show just how good he is as an overall offensive lineman. He's really good when he gets out in the space blocking people. He's really good at the point of attack. Uh, he's got great movement skills for a guy with his size. He's got the height. He's got build. Um, and I think the other thing this year that we're going to see is I think he's really turned into a leader. 
Uh, you saw it a little bit last year. He was in front of the media a lot. He said all the right things. He's got the right temperament when he's there. I think that leading that group and being someone that they can look up to um, coming into a year where they feel like this is the strength of the, of the offense, um, I'm happy for him because I think he's really put forth the effort and he, he, he really represents the school well. Um, but I think on top of it, I'm happy that people have started to take notice because I think he gets, he got overshadowed when he, you know early on. And I feel like he's the guy. He is back in this year where, where his, he's going to shoot up the draft boards and uh, he's a good athlete. I mean, it's funny. We, we're talking about recruiting. Uh, Caleb Chandler was a bigger recruit than Makai Beckton when he came in. Uh, outside of Luke Burgess, he's, he's next on the list of the best offensive linemen from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, you know, uh, coming in Louisville. So, you know, he got, like I said, he, he redshirted, you know, Beckton kind of overshadowed him, and now he's finally getting his turn, and I'm happy for it. We all know Pierce Clarkson's coming in next year, a highly rated quarterback from the class of 2023. This past weekend, U of L was hosting another highly touted quarterback from the 2024 class, Jaden Bradford, who's a top 10 quarterback in that class. I think he's number seven, according to 24 7 Sports. And I noticed a couple of the the local guys, Dave Lackford and Ty Spalding, both logged crystal ball predictions that he will commit to Louisville. One, what do you know about Bradford? How good is he? And two, it's a little bit just sort of strange to me to see a guy at a place like Louisville who would want to come in in the class immediately following another highly touted player who plays the exact same position. Is there a legitimate chance that we get both Pierce Clarkson and Jaden Bradford at some point uh, to sign on the dotted line? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, your point is right. I mean, you're, you've already got Clarkson in the class before. Louisville's not necessarily the type of school where kids just commit, even though, you know, we're not, you know, you look at Arch Manning down in Texas is following Quinn years and things like that. Alabama constantly gets, you know, top quarterbacks. I don't know if Louisville's at that level where kids will, kids will be willing to do that. But, um, you know, those guys, you know, over the recruiting sites, I always tell people they, they definitely know more than me when it comes to this stuff. They talk to kids. They talk to coaches around the country. I, I, I don't do that. So um, I, I know from a talent standpoint, you, this kid is a legit. I mean, um, you know, does all the stuff you want to see from a standpoint of arm strength, uh, accuracy, touch on the ball, uh, making all the throws. He has a great deep ball to the corner of the field, can throw the out routes and all those things like that. Uh, and he does it like effortlessly. You know, the, the ball just kind of flies out of his hand. Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I, he actually reminds me a little bit of Caleb Johnson, who was, you know, obviously not as highly rated, but the but the but the pop of the ball coming out of his hand was is, is always something that I noticed with Caleb Johnson. Uh, Bradford is a guy also that can run a little bit, has a little bit of bulk to him, so he can run those uh, power runs and things like that, and you know that you you kind of see in some offenses. He can get outside though and run a little bit as well, but he's more of a pocket passer that can kind of give you the the extended uh, play with his legs. He throws on the run really well. I mean, if they can get this guy, uh, you know, believe me, I, I, it's, it's kind of odd, like you said. But, um, you know, this kid is legit. He's, a, he's definitely a top 50 type of player, top 10 kind of quarterback. And he's going down to IMG as well. Um, he's transferring down there this year. I would assume to be their starter next year. So, as I said, IMG just kind of picks and chooses guys around the country. If you're getting picked to go transfer there, you've got something going for you. So, that's obviously something that stands out. And um, I think he's a great talent. I hope we will get some, but – I do feel like it's maybe a little early for him to first off to choose to come here or to commit and also as well to, to do it with Pierce Clarkson on the fold. So we'll have to wait and see, but those guys over the rivals, they, like I said, they're putting their picks in. So you got to at least pay some attention to it. We also found out over the weekend uh, talking California football that uh, DeAndre Moore is going to follow Aaron Williams. He's transferring to St. John Bosco. That means the number one high school team in the country going into next season is going to have four U of L commits on its roster. 
you know, you've got some big sway in the city, Keith. What do we need to do to get St. John Bosco versus Ballard uh, happening in town this season? Make it happen. <laughs> you know, you know, what's frustrating is that they've already announced the schedule, and I'm like, man, that really would be like I would. I feel like with with everything that's happening right now, anything could happen. Like I wouldn't be surprised if if all of a sudden they said, hey, they're just transferring the entire school to the state of Kentucky because Pierce Clarkson just wants to play close to Louisville. I, nothing would surprise me. But it would be really great if they actually got a game with Ballard or maybe like a Trinity that normally plays those big national games or regional games. Uh, unfortunately, the schedule's out. But one thing that is a plus that, that I got to ask this weekend, usually those big schools out there, they stream their games. So there there should be a chance that, you know, from a Louisville fan standpoint, that we should be able to see some of those St. John Bosco games uh, and be able to watch Carson Williams, DeAndre Moore, and uh, Jalil McClain. Uh, so that that actually is kind of cool because we got to see a little bit with uh, when Chubba Purdy was playing out there, and we can see some highlights that came out the next morning. They usually stream some of those big time games, so uh, and the ones that aren't on ESPN. So we should get a good sneak peek, and it's kind of cool they're kind of building something with a Louisville connection there, and we get to see all those guys at, at once. Still fascinating times in the world of Louisville football. I love having these talks. I'm even more excited to get talking about the actual season that's coming up as we move closer and closer to the start of September. Uh, Keith Wynn, again, follow him on Twitter at Keith underscore Wynn. And now for the next 24 hours, keep an eye out. I assume we're going to get a Louisville commit. That's the way this works. Keith, work your magic, and thanks so much for coming on the show. All right, thanks for having me, Mike. All right, that was Keith Wynn reacting to Luke Burgess. Trevor, you've been asking, you've been one of those guys who's been like, we got to get some linemen. It's cool to get all these specialty players. Luke Burgess, one of the highest-rated linemen to ever yep. commit to Louisville, now in the fold, another top 500 kid overall in his class. We're checking all the boxes. We'll use the phrase again. Checking all those boxes. I feel like we haven't used that one in a while, though. It's coming back now. We're bringing Bring it back. back. It's not coaching search it's, talk anymore. It's time off now. It's recruiting talk now. We're back. Yeah, I asked for it. I got it. We're good. You asked for it. You got it. Toyota. Oh, God. We uh, one little football item. I was going to bring this up with Keith, but we were running a little short on time there. And I know he doesn't want to do this because he was he was banging this drum all offseason last year. And I think now that it didn't really come to fruition, he's not going to do it again. But David Hale, uh, for from ESPN, he yeah. wrote about the over under bets that he's making heading into the season and why he's doing it. So he looked at the Louisville number, which according to the whatever uh, sports book he was using, is six and a half for the upcoming season, and he's going over. And his rationale, I thought, was, again, it's sort of the same rationale that we used last year, but he's he's saying lightning can't strike twice. This team has been snake-bitten the last two years. It ain't happening again. Here's what he says. He says, another team with bad luck in 2020 that I expected to swing back in 2021, and it didn't happen. Some of this can be chalked up to the fact that 2020 was an inherently strange year, making identifying bad luck metrics tougher than other seasons played under normal circumstances. Still, it's hard to argue that Scott Satterfield's bunch hasn't been one of the unluckiest team in the, teams in the country the past two seasons, including an 0-3 record in games decided by a field goal or less last year. Virginia won on a last-second field goal. Clemson won only due to a last-second-half uh, injury to Malik Cunningham. Last season, Louisville was within three points or ahead on 71% of its second-half drives versus FBS teams and won just five of those games. Michigan State, Utah, Utah State, Iowa, and Purdue – all profiled about the same, and all of them won nine games or more. It's a solid case. I'm sorry, but is that luck or is that coaching? That's sort of what I what I've been when saying. You, when you say luck, like Cunningham getting injured in a Clemson game, that's bad luck. Losing constantly, losing one point games, that can be bad coaching. I think that's why this season is so such a big deal for to me personally, as far as like can this guy get it done, even if these recruits all live up to the hype two or three years from now, because. 
two years in a row we've had the same thing where it's been yeah, they're a player or two away. Doesn't help you brought up Purdue as being the opposite of that too. By it the doesn't. Way. It I mean, doesn't. Two years in a row we've heard player or two away. One turnover here, one turnover there, one goal line stand here, just ball bouncing the wrong way. If it happens three years in a row, it's no longer you're just an unlucky team. It's that's who you are, right? You're the program, you're the coaching staff, you're the players that just don't know how to win, that don't know how to make the yeah. play, that don't get there. Now, if it does sort of revert to the norm, which is we get some of these good breaks, James Turner makes the last second field goal, Virginia misses the last second field goal, um, you know, and also like that stat, we also got a huge break in the Central Florida forget game. I about the Virginia in, in terms of they coming down at Turner's field I've tried to repress it. Mainly because I just don't even think about Turner's field goal because it just— I was it, so pissed already. It, in fact, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even blame him for missing. I could care— to me, we didn't even bother even having that drive. Yeah, but a, if yeah. you go eight and four, nine and three, and this season is kind of the opposite of the last two, where we're winning these one score games, then I think you say, okay, like it, it's easier to, to to justify why we underachieved both in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. If we go six and six or five and seven or something, and the season looks a lot like the last two years, that's just who we are. Yeah. And I and I stand mm-hmm. by my stance, which is, if we go five and seven, I think you gotta get rid of. Them. I don't care about the recruiting class. I know it's so fun right now, and I know they probably won't do this. But if you have a losing overall record after four years, with a team that isn't a losing team, with a team that isn't a losing team, yeah. one of the, you've had a statistically fantastic offense, you just can't get it done in clutch situations. Then, what faith should I have in your ability to get the most out of these players? Because we're not bringing in a top fifteen-ish recruiting class, so we can go eight and four with them or nine and three. We want these to be special seasons, and special season at Louisville is winning double-digit games, competing for a conference title, being top 15, maybe top 10 good, and at least flirting with talk of being in the playoff, right? Playing in a New Year's Six Bowl as a sort of second prize. If he can't get it done to a level where we're 8-4 and four with the talent that we have right now, the talent we've had last year, the talent we had the year before, I don't see him as a guy who can go 11-1 and one with the Pierce Clarksons and the DeAndre Moores and the Ruben Owens of the world. And that's kind of where I am. But if he goes eight and four, nine and three, even seven and five this year, boom, let's ride. I'm good. It's there's a lot riding on this season. I think less riding now that the recruiting class is so I think with every big name that we get popping for Louisville, that safety net just grows. I just hope the recruiting class doesn't give people an excuse for having a bad year or another achieving season. I hope not, but it's going to happen. It should it's already kind of happening. Like every time we get a big guy, like that number drops. Like, well, if they go five and ten, we're gonna get to a point where it's like, well, if they go two and ten, you know, it's it's gonna be okay. We just gotta get these kids on campus. Like recruit, like having this level, having a top fifteen recruiting class, and we've seen this with other programs consistently for a long time, does not just guarantee that you're gonna set the world on fire in two years. I mean, we saw Satterfield have a good team his first year and win eight games. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, you can say maybe. If he was a better coach, we would have won more than eight games. You he was say, the ACC coach of the year. You, you can you can say whatever you want, but the fact is he had a good team. He had numerous draft picks on that team, solid impact players, and he won eight games, which, I mean, whether you think he could have won more or not is, is no hero there. He still at least won eight games. So, I mean, he's in this team right now, this this year, I mean, is it a loaded team? Is it a team that I think is talented enough that can win eight, nine, ten games? Probably not, but it's because it's probably – I mean, we're probably still, you know, fading behind your Clemson and your Kentucky, unfortunately. But, like, a majority of the games we play are teams that are just right there with us. For sure. And what that comes down to, it comes down to coaching decisions and game planning. And It's just like last year. And just like last year. And we saw we came out on a short end of that last year. Yeah. And it's not like we're playing against coaches that are just like, Woody Hayes out there. I mean, it's 
Bronco Mendenhall, for God's sakes. Ooh, Jaden Rashad has put out a statement. The quarterback who put out, got all that, allegedly got all that money to go to Miami over Florida. He says, any report regarding my commitment to the University of Miami is false unless I was interviewed directly. All reports of my decision involving an NIL deal is inaccurate. I would never make a life-slash-career choice for any monetary value. As I stated in my commitment live on TV, I chose Miami because of the relationships I have with the coaches, players, and the direction the program is headed. I wish not to address the false reports again, as this is a time I wish to celebrate my college commitment and my commitment to my current team and my teammates as we look forward to our dream of winning a state championship. At this time, I request no interviews. Okay. With all love, Jaden Rashada. Could you say anything dumber than I'm not going to make any decision in my life by monetary by monetary fact? Every decision everyone makes in their life is based on monetary factors. I love it though because it makes Florida look dumb. Because <laughs> this, this statement should have been like, "I didn't mean to leak what how much we were getting paid for being a possible backup. My bad." Instantly, nothing crooked's happening. I will say this Please though: go on your way. the Ruiz guy's been open and honest about everything that's going on, and he came out and said right away, like these reports aren't true. This is Florida people trying to make up because the the Florida report got out there that they were offering the kid eight million, and there was a report that originally came out that said he's leaving money on the table to go to, to Miami. Like he's taking less of an NIL deal. Like Florida, the collective offered him all this, this crap ton amount of money. And he said, I'd still rather go to Miami. And so the Miami people then came up with the story that they, this nine and a half million dollars is out there. And Ruiz right away, who's been again, admitted to everything with uh, the, the, the basketball players and the football players last year was like, that's not true. He's still making probably six or 7 million then. Probably. He might be making less than, than what Florida really offered him, but there's no way he's making right. less. Yeah. yeah. He's not making a drastic amount less. Otherwise, he's an idiot. Well, just go to Florida and make $8 million, dude. Florida sucks. Who cares? Go to Florida and make $8 million and transfer to Miami after a sophomore. It's what your boy in Ohio State did. Hey, nothing wrong with it. Uh, we got to go to break when we come back. We, have our, we still haven't gotten to our DJ Wagner update of the day. DJ Wagner. And we'll take some uh, text on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. We'll wrap it up next here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can keep track of the Zombies didn't get enough credit when you talk about I love the zombies. I mean, I'm not saying they don't get credit, but when you start talking about the British invasions in the 60s, they just get so far lost in the... They're so good. This song alone. I mean, this and season, time of season. Time of season. Very, like, sound. Like, you hear the two sounds. just kind of gives you the whole vibe yeah. of the 60s. Yeah. You've got the great harmonies. I mean, just good stuff, man. This will be our year. Great song. I'm a big, big zombies fan. Yeah, as, as am I. Um, 502 is the Thornton's text line. Before we get to some of your texts, we got to do this. You know what time it is. Oh, hold on. we got to pause the zombies first. I was just like making sure you're getting ready. You ready? It's time for the DJ Wagner update of the day. DJ Wagner, 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 DJ
Wagner plays the new Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. He's not a tandem with Bradshaw. <laughs> DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. Will he play for his dad or his grandpa? DJ Wagner, <laughs> DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner. Maybe some weird school like Syracuse. DJ oh, Wagner. DJ is, that, is that Winterfell being built? I think it's right. <laughs> Are you ready for your DJ Wagner update of the day? Always, yes. This is per Adam Zagoria, who's been on the DJ Wagner beat. He works up there in New Jersey, so he's all over this. We knew that DJ Wagner had made the USA under-17 national team. That means he is headed to Spain. I believe it's um, Malaga, Spain. He's Milan? going to you No. Know, yeah, sure. <laughs> he is headed there from July 2nd through the 10th. That means he's going to miss a large chunk of the EYBL circuit this summer. He's going to miss a couple of the big events that Nike's putting on. He's going to be over there in Spain. We now know via the reporting of Zagoria that several high-profile college basketball coaches are headed to Spain to recruit him um, and some of the other players in this team. Like Carter Knox is, is on this team for who we're actively recruiting for yes, 2024. Yeah. But the names that are mentioned here, which is interesting. Okay. I got a question in a second. John Calipari's going. Okay. From Louisville. Nolan Smith is going. Mm. Not Kenny Payne. Nolan Smith. Okay. All right. That's... I think that there's, I don't know, maybe there's some, can we send Milt over there? Is that, how does that work? Maybe he's already going, though. I would guess so. He could already be there. Uh, Wagner recently was uh, asked about his recruitment, and there are multiple reports out there saying, I think the word was imminent, that a commitment to, to Louisville could be imminent. The on three guys have been saying this. He told Cardinal Authority and Jody Demling over there, he's trying not to worry about the recruiting process right now. He's still open. He's enjoying the process. He says, I really don't want to rush my decision or make it too fast. Right now, I'm just taking my time and looking around at all the schools and trying to see what's the best school for me. He's already decided. He's not trying to rush it, though. No, he's decided already. That says to me that even if he has decided, that a, tells me he's an official decided. commitment is not imminent. Give it. You don't have to. You don't have to make it official. But he's pretty much got it. He knows who he wants to play for. I think. Can I tell you one other thing that's weird with the whole DJ Wagner thing is, remember right when Kenny Payne got hired and been here for like a week, there was a story where he was talking about all the, the schools recruiting him, and he was like, "I don't really know Kenny Payne." Like that. We yeah, they, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And every interview since then, he's referred to him as family. Like I've known him my whole life. Like, I'm like, what was up with that first interview? Did somebody just get the quote totally wrong? I, I think he was. I think. I think he maybe misquoted himself, trying to downplay it. Maybe. I think he was trying to downplay the relationship because, I think he knew if he didn't, then people were going to be already doing what they're doing anyway in times five, which is putting him in a Louisville uniform right away and basically saying if you're not at Louisville, then you hate DJ Wagner and you hate your grandfather. Maybe. Maybe. Or you are DJ Wagner. If you hate Kenny Payne, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. So but he's. I do have a quick question. Go for it. If they're overseas, do the recruiting rules apply overseas that they do over here? As far as what? Like, if you're in another country, is there, like. like does buying that, them hookers and stuff? Does, does that, like. Do, get some hookers and some coke? That's only when you go to New Zealand and Australia, apparently. <laughs> you wonder, wonder if Cal and. <laughs> no we know one. how Gonzaga's doing it now. I don't know if they just hitched a ride on the plane that's dropping off all the fentanyl over in Europe from here. We well, don't want uh, the fentanyl. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering because, like, if you go, like, there's different, like, like the laws that you know over here may not stand over there. I mean, can they do that? Can you like recruit at a different level? Once again, like we're talking, NCA rules are not laws, so the NCA rules would still apply on all planets across the, all planets, all like, planets, all galaxies, even in, even all. In, Star systems. So if I go to Pluto, I still have to abide by the rules? Not a planet. 
First Celestial of- Dwarf. Hey, I don't think you're allowed to say that. It's, it's what it is. <laughs> it's not a planet. That sounds really dirty, too, by the way. Pluto's not a planet. Not Pluto. <laughs> that sounds like it's a really dirty name. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's not a bachelor party, boy, man. <laughs> Wagner, in case you were wondering, and I know you are, he will be back in time to play in the Peach Jam, the big event of the summer, which is going to be July 17th through the 24th. It's in Woo! South Carolina this year. Uh, he'll miss the big tournament in Kansas City. Uh, coming up, I think, in two weeks, but he will be back for the Peach Jam. So he's he's focused on winning a gold medal. He says the competition is going to help him. I'm playing against the best players in the world um, at practice every day, and now I get my first taste of international competition. It's going to be fantastic for me. Just being around the other players, seeing how the play is at the international level will be good. Love that for him. And again, you know, spend some time with Nolan. Ignore Calipari. Do what's right. Do we know that Kenny's doing anything right now like this coming up? Date. Is that why maybe he maybe Kenny moves in silence? We don't know what Kenny's doing. That's true. He's probably going out there. I don't know. We're gonna get. We're gonna find out in two weeks that we got Armando Baycott transferring here. You don't. You have no idea what Kenny's doing. <laughs> he went to Memphis. <laughs> Still fine. He's uh yeah. We, we have no idea. But DJ Wagner, there's your update of the day. DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner. I feel like that was a satisfying update. It wasn't a bad one. It wasn't. Bad. We got it. We got it. We got a look at his enter uh itinerary. Almost. Hey, I got that word out properly. Nailed it. After almost screwing it up. Uh, and, yeah, it's always good. We should just track DJ Wagner, wherever he's going. Can we get a chip on him? We also know that uh, we're going to have Bronny James, his Sierra Canyon team, is going to play DJ Wagner's Camden High School team, which I'm assuming DJ Wagner is technically going to stay at Camden High School. Which is good because Bronny James is locked in to come to Louisville anyway. That's right. He's going to to the Ville. You didn't know that, yeah. They're going to play a game on ESPN this year. Okay. I'm looking forward to watching that, actually. That'll be fun. I want to say I haven't watched DJ Wagner play. It will be... Um, I'm just hyped over the hype. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. They played they, they played last year a game on TV. I guess they're going to do it again. That'll be fun. What the hell am I going to watch tonight? I know. What, I mean, seriously, I'm not going to watch Raw. I mean, I guess I could watch a movie, but I just don't... I mean, the fact that I just broke out the trilogy of Ocean's Eleven on Saturday night should tell you that my, my levels of desperation are just reeking. I mean... <laughs> Luckily, I got not the first time you said that. It won't be the last either. <laughs> Even in my dream, it was. I mean, I mean, last night I had the I had my wrestling, so I was good on that. I guess I could listen to a podcast, maybe a review of it if I wanted to. But if you want to, I mean, it's got to be something tonight, right? Texture says I'm not really sure what I come for, but I stay for the DJ Wagner update of the day. <laughs> Damn right, that's what we do. Um, Texture going back to the the pole vaulting says I I will give Trevor one hundred dollars. <laughs> If he clears six and a half feet on the pole vault, I'll give hold him, up, hold. That's it. I'll give him a hundred dollars if he gets off the ground. First of all, thank you, Mike. Second, a hundred bucks for six and a half feet. Seriously, come on, dude. <laughs> you tell me. I would, every time we talk about this, I envision I you just like taking I, off with a very serious face and that pole I, on your shoulder, and then just having no idea what to do after that. I am six three four bills, and you're giving me a hundred bucks for six feet. Why do you think you can do I this? I should get ten grand for that. Texas, I would pay money to try to watch to watch Trevor try to pole vault. That's a fundraiser event. We could fund this entire station. Why do I feel like I'm the guy in Van Wilder who jumps off the high dive to save the <laughs> swim team? <laughs> if so-and-so could squeeze him into that bathing suit, you can take your wallet out and help the swim team. But the thing is, you can jump <laughs> off a diving board. You cannot pole vault. 
Actually, you might have a better chance than me pole vaulting and jumping off a dive. I hate jumping. I hate diving boards. But, the, but again, physically, you would be able to do that. Well, that's because physically. You cannot pole vault. That's, that's because, one, I'm just following. It's called gravity. I'm not doing anything. Exactly. You may not want to, but you could. Tell us how many people in the world can pole vault but not eat a salad. It must be a very small cross section. <laughs> and then knows all the words of disturbing behavior. <laughs> Good God. Uh, Texas, I still got my D- John L. and Rick bobbleheads. I wish I had the Denny one. I sent you all the 80 and 86 decanters for flexing purposes. Ooh, that's a good picture. Was there, was, yeah, was there a, what was the John L? When was John L.'s bobble? I don't remember him. It, remember he had like one. a Pepsi thing on the front of it. Okay. I want to say it was like um, probably early 2000s. I kind of wish I was more into the memorabilia back in the early 2000s. I wasn't a big into it in my early 20s. I didn't get into memorabilia until I hit around 30. No, I was until 790 stole all my bleep. <laughs> Give it back. I had an autographed cookie lady bobblehead. Like the Casito cookie. Casitos? Oh. She came and did an interview with us because they gave her a bobblehead at the bat stadium and she signed my bobblehead. That was funny. We were talking. It's gone cause, forever. I was talking Casitos with Nick Curran off the air the other uh, during the innings and I told him the story of how when I worked to work. How happy is Nick Curran that you're not doing bat stadium? Of course, he's not that unhappy. He's so happy. You, I, I know Curran a little bit. I guarantee he was like, make this guy stop talking to me. <laughs> I know Kelch is mad because I like Kelch and me would always talk off. I think mean, Kelch is more of a talker than Curran is. Yeah. I can hear it in Curran's voice sometimes where he's like, he's just uh, too nice to say, shut the bleep up. Exactly. Because he's too nice a guy. I get that. I, and sometimes I would lay off him a little bit, but I can't help it. You uh, really can't. Oh, damn it. You made me forget those. Oh, the Casitos. So, yeah, when I worked at Coffee Beanery, I used to just purposely break Casito cookies so I could eat them for free. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine at some point I had to be like, why the hell do they keep shipping us broken peanut butter cookies? You didn't go chocolate chip? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean... Chocolate chips clearly the best. I don't know. I like peanut butter cookies. Texture says uh, Satterfield has to try to score each possession and not hold the ball with a lead. Simple as that. Plus, stop being so predictable. The play, the predictability of the play calling, I think, was the most legitimate complaint that fans had last year. Yeah, but he's he's. I mean, that's who he is. He's going to run the ball three, four times and go deep on you. I mean, it's just what he does. Yeah. The. I mean, we were so predictable on both sides of the ball the first half of last year. The the fact that everybody watching the team was like, you've got got to rush some on third down and on passing downs and we just wouldn't do it until finally it got to be so much of a talking point that they finally started doing it and it worked was like i don't know it made me a little bit it made me even more hesitant about the season than i was already Mm because i'm like if brian brown couldn't figure that out on his own that like everybody watching this game is like hey dude they're converting every third and long maybe rush more than three a couple of times and see what happens and the very next game we're like oh six sacks and all these pressures on third down it was like well, you, sh- you should have figured this out. Listen, I, you're, you're, we're not talking Satterfield play calling. You're talking Browns play calling. I'm gonna eat gazebo cookies to ease my pain. <laughs> that's, don't get me started on Browns. It's like the Rick Pitino after the the Syracuse game where he tried to give Richard all the credit for putting Kyle in the middle of the zone. I'm like, yeah, everybody in the world saw it. Like you had Terrence Jennings in the middle of that zone, not the best, like not the best pull up jumper. And he's like. It was Richard's call to put Kyle in there. He gets all the credit. I'm like, well, you also had 19,000 fans who were like, hey, <laughs> maybe put Kirk in the middle of the zone. I love that. My favorite thing of all time is the second a guy, a new player, hits like a mid-range jumper, every local fan is like, you know what? He looked really good in the middle of that zone against 2-3, against Syracuse. He looked really good in the middle. We could use him in that Syracuse game. It's like, look, one skill set. There it is. Texas, I usually set the over-under for my voice cracks at three and a half. I hope you all hammer the over today. My voice, I cannot. You have. It's cracked so much. I've got no idea why. Is it you're drinking algae? It may be. I've got the, the, the smoothie going again today. I the, way, it, the way that. I brought it back. I mean, I'm kidding you not. I wish people, I want to take a picture of it. Like, just the, the green that's stuck to the sides all around it. Just, it looks. 
It's so it looks like so old listeners of Ramsey and Rutherford will remember this because it got brought up on the show all like a lot. Okay, this is my first. This is my first yeah. experience with it. I got unhealthy for several years. Now I'm trying to get back because I'm me both. trying not to die. So yeah. Mary used to. She would always she'd make the smoothie for me and her, and I would bring mine into the radio station, and like she would have hers at home. And we did this for like a solid like two years. Really? So when we were on 790, every day I had this, and it does. It looks disgusting. It doesn't oh, taste half bad. Yeah, it, there's no way it tastes as bad as it looks. But anytime anybody would come into the studio, like guests or just like our boss, they'd be like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> and it got to the point where, like, when we had, if we had like a cool guest on that I like, didn't want to embarrass, I'd like put it on the ground. I was like, <laughs> I, was like, I, was like I don't want. I don't want Russ Smith seeing this. Like I'm, I'm trying to hide this as much as possible. I can't blame you. But now they're back. They're back in our lives, and I'm. Trying- I mean, what's it made of? I mean, a lot of um, – there's fruit in there. I think the big thing is like the – Guacamole? No, not guacamole. I mean, there's some um, – uh, not kale. But is like, guacamole a fruit? What? Is guacamole a fruit? You mean avocado? Did, av- did you know that avocado makes guacamole? Oh, there are two different things? <laughs> yes. Is it like tomato, tomato? <laughs> no. <laughs> What? I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do with you. I don't, I don't know. No, but that's uh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good, it's a good smoothie. I like it. It's is fine. it made of avocado? No, it's there's no avocado in there. Is avocado a fruit? The, the green is the spinach that you're seeing. Oh, what are you? Spinach, a little bit of kale. Disgusting kale. Gotta get it in there. Gotta are get you, it in there. Are you making a smoothie or cleaning the bottom of your boat? It, I, it, I, I understand the way it looks. It doesn't taste half bad. That's all I'm saying. It what tastes, does it taste like? If you put banana in there, it masks the taste of everything. I'm saying. A lot of entendre. Wow. I, I, you, know, I, you, you have no idea how hard I... How, no, I just did it again. I'm going back <laughs> on that. Uh, what, so what, does it taste like banana? Yeah, it kind of tastes like... It just tastes like kind of fruit. Well, just a banana? Just, or other fruit? Is there strawberry in there? It's sort of like a... There are hints of everything. It's not just one thing. Okay. It's like a beer. Did, yeah, if you have a very like sophisticated palate like myself... You could taste all the different things. Same marijuana in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I get how it looks. It doesn't taste half bad. I'm just, that's all I'm telling you. Okay. Texas says, can we agree that losing Malik to an injury and the Wake Forest blown calls and Harold uh, dropping a sure TD in the second half are, aren't bad luck? That should have been three wins. Are bad luck. Well, the Clemson one, you could, I can let you slide on bad luck. The Malik, Wake Forest game, we should have won. Because Malik got hurt. That, that was game. bad luck. Well. We won that game. I refuse to acknowledge. I mean, it the war. call was at the first half. A bad call. There yes, were several bad calls, but know, that one, but... that one was the worst. And I knew right then we we're going to lose by three. Yeah, because well, after that, the first half, of course, yeah, of course. The Clemson one, I but you, when, when we couldn't even get an injury, I definitely would let you go for bad luck. That I mean, was bad luck. I also still feel like because that killed all the momentum of that game. I get more mad about the goal line play calling than I do anything else. Like, I, I get that Malik played a huge part in it, but, like, not throwing it on four chances to well, score. Well, also the fact that the goal I'm play calling you, you, the calls you made, the plays you called knowing Malik was hurt. You tried to bootleg him. And That's he's, true. And he's already – I mean, listen, Malik's a good rusher, but Malik is not, like, Mr. Speedster, okay? I mean, he's – He's pretty fast. Yeah, I just – I don't know. He just – You just hate Malik. Not always. Somebody but sometimes – Somebody sent a gif of Sometimes Trevor he Kelsey's, gives me good reasons to. Trevor Kelsey's pole vaulting feature. And I'm just dying out of it. What is it? Uh, is it it's, a, it's, it's a pole vaulting catastrophe with oh. just somebody saying that this well, is you. Wouldn't be me because I'm going to do it awesome. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to drink. I'm going to chug one of your uh, one of your mystery uh, drinks over there. Smoothies, smoothies. Yeah, there you go. Like Popeye, I'm going to make. Do, 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 I'm going to jump into a pole vault. 
I don't hate Malik completely. You hate him. Sometimes I do. Texas DJ is being rumored <laughs> to transfer to Trinity for a senior season. Multiple people in the know have been saying there's legs. What have you heard, Mike? Not that. I've I've heard the only thing that I heard from people who like somewhat like are reputable was the Ballard rumor a few months ago. What I've heard lately is that he's not he's staying at Camden. I don't see why he wouldn't come. He was just staying at Camden. I agree. Um man. I mean he's a senior. Why would you even want to leave your senior year anyway? I guess if you're that popular it doesn't matter, but still. It doesn't. And I mean he would have to if if he's if he was coming to Louisville, it would have to be on the heels of a commitment to U of L. You wouldn't just come here. Um, you know, and then like commit to Villanova or something. I don't know if he came here and then committed to Kentucky though. Yeah, that'd be bad. I mean, it still wouldn't be great. Like, I mean, let's. I mean, but that'd be the equivalent of going like to Bryan Station and committing to Louisville. Pretty much, yeah. Or Lexington yeah, Catholic. Lexington Catholic. Yeah. Uh, a couple other notes that I wanted to get to today. One first sad note. I don't know if you saw this, but Vincent Crutcher, who was a star player at PRP in the early two thousands, uh, was shot and killed at a shooting in Butchel. Early last week, the news didn't break until over the weekend, but I think it was last Thursday. He was awesome at PRP. I had a couple of people message me directly and say, like, I worked with him at so-and-so, and he was fantastic, like, very hard worker, got promoted to the head of his team and, and all this stuff. It sounds like a guy that nobody had a bad word to say about. He also will go down forever as the, at least as of right now, the only player in the history of the sixth region to play and score in three different state tournaments. So, nice, like, he was a fantastic Baseball, player. Baseball, basketball? What? What were the three three tournaments? No, in three state tournaments. He played and scored in three different state basketball oh, state tournaments. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like three different. I'm no, sorry. No. I misunderstood. Okay, my bad. PRP went to the, the state tournament three times when he was playing there. And yeah. He played in all those years and scored in all those years. I think he went to – God, my voice did it again. He went to Georgetown College, I believe, um, okay. and played under uh, Happy Osborne. He was a just apparently a great, great guy and – very sad to see that him sucks. perish like this. Yeah. The other local high school basketball news, Caden Magwood is a name that I've heard. I haven't seen him play, but he was a name that everybody was, has been telling me about for a while. Was a freshman at Western High School this past year. Was part of the reason why Western basketball was kind of on the uptick, Western Warriors. He now has said he's going to transfer to Oak Hill Academy for this upcoming season. He'll, he'll be a sophomore in high school. He's the class of 2025, but he's the name. Is that good? If you haven't heard it yet. like I haven't. They don't rank 2025 class yet. He... People tell me this may be the best player to come out of the 502 in a long, long, long time. Like, he is that good. Wow, we let him go. This is, smart. This is why Kentucky basketball has been so down for so long. Cade Magwood. Well, also, I, good as he leaves us. I saw the, uh, was it Lyon, Leon County? The star is how little I know about the state of Kentucky. Travis Perry, who's apparently going to break um, the, the scoring record in Kentucky high school basketball that's been around for, like, 75 years. Then is it the King Coleman? Or King whatever? Kelly Coleman, King yeah. Coleman, yeah. He's apparently going to break because he's been playing varsity since he was a 7th grader. He's 2024 class. He's got two years of high school basketball left. He's gonna. He's not going to break it. He's going to, like, shatter it. But he got offered a scholarship by Kentucky uh, this over the weekend, which was a big deal okay. here locally. Apparently, he's that good. So, we'll see. I did not see any of that. That's your that's your little local high school basketball recap. Every story that you mentioned over the weekend, I did not, know, did not see a thing about any of those. Well, I like it when I'm informing you. I like it, too. Texas, Trevor, did you watch Mo Money yet? Oh, I'm watching tonight. There it is. What channel? What was on? Uh, I know you, the texture can't text back in that quick. But didn't they say it was on Hulu or something? Or, um, you were oh you were gone that week. Mo Money, it says it's on Hulu right now. Yeah, you were gone that week because I started talking about movies. I don't remember how it came up. I mean, I, of like '90s I guess, movies I hadn't seen in forever, but still stood up. Down Periscope. Down Periscope. Yes, I was here for that. Yeah. Okay, but uh, well, not when I watched it because you were gone. I, we brought it up again when I came back. Gotcha. But yeah, I brought it down. And somebody texted about Mo Money, and it's been so long since I've seen that movie, and I was like, I'm, I should watch it again. 
It's actually strawberry, oatmeal, blueberries, banana, oatmeal, spinach, carrots, almond milk, honey, granola. Better than your drugs, Trevor. That, that sounds like something you would have to get me on drugs to try. You got to get the almond milk in there. It does. Is almond milk any so, good? I like it. I'm still too... Well, I haven't drank milk for a while because of the lactose thing, but I was always just a two percenter. I'm a skim guy. I know you hate that about me. I know. Social, I know. Sociopath. Texas, have you heard? I don't know if this is a, <laughs> I don't know if this is a KRC text or a uh, that's intended here for us. I think it's intended for us. Have you heard that we are recruiting Vince Marrow's nephew out of Woodford County? I kind of feel eh on that one too. No, 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 no. If we can get him, we need to get oh, Vince Marrow's nephew. Awesome. We have to get Vince Marrow's nephew. We take Vince Marrow's nephew. That would just throw be... the NIL bag at, at the little dog. I mean, I don't even care if he sucks. Exactly. Give him the Pierce Clarkson treatment. Hell yeah. I don't care if he's a two star. I mean... Bring him in. <laughs> if there was ever a Cobra Kai moment where you because because uh people don't if you don't watch well you don't watch Cobra Kai do you no sorry. where uh they they took uh Johnny Lawrence's son and brought him over to the the bad guys it's like we took his son <laughs> like that's what we're gonna do to him we're gonna Cobra Kai him apparently, we're, we're gonna <laughs> apparently this kid's name is uh John McCreer I don't care what his name he's is. a basketball player even Ooh, He's a six nine power forward from Lexington Catholic. Miss Merrill's kid is six nine. Isn't Miss Merrill like six two? He's a no star prospect. He's uh he's got an offer from Arizona State. Whatever, because Joel Justice is over there now. Yeah, tell that. Let's get him. He's a, he's a no star kid. Like that's been beneath us in the last few weeks anyway. Throw the bag at him. We've already signed two no star kids in the last two weeks. I'm good with it. Let's do it. Try. Let's get the little dog on board. I will make it happen. Uh, we're at the end of the show anyway. We, I, there's like no game to pick tonight. We have this is the problem now. We have like no. I don't want to do like random baseball games, and it's a Monday anyway, so it's getaway day for most teams. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't even know if the Blue Jays play today. I forget. I mean, maybe I guess I'll, I'll probably try to watch more money. Maybe if I think about it, I don't think else to watch. There it is. We'll watch more money. There it's like it one of the days where I'll like I've, if I had a bass game to do tonight, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. At least I can't. I mean, just, I just got nothing else. What are you gonna do tonight? What are you gonna watch? I, I, not, I got nothing. We have to find something. You've got some shows you need to watch. Though. I know. I got to catch up on a bunch of stuff. I've also been heard about. I've, I, I think I told you this. Maybe in, in Texas, if you want to text in later on, I'll look at it as the show goes up the air. But the Lincoln Lawyer TV show on Netflix. You keep bringing Lincoln Lawyer up. Well, I brought up the movie because I watched it for the first time last week. I wouldn't say keep. I bring up more things more often than I do this. Okay. But Dugan's trying to push me on the show. Which, by the way, Dugan was in Denver this weekend. But he was. He said he he said it was insane all the craziness that was going on on Friday before the game. I got sent a couple of videos on Friday from people I know who were out there. I was yeah. like, damn, that was awesome. He went and saw panic. He said going to the uh, he's going to the Colorado uh, Colorado baseball game tonight. Yeah, well, once again, it's the Dodgers. Pick who's going to win. We're the only people around here working. Uh, Dodgers, who are they playing? Rockies. Dodgers Rockies tonight. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers. Will Smith's on a heater. Yeah. Vote that man of the All Star game. Vote Will Smith All Star. Enjoy your Monday night. We're back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Everybody have a good one. The way she looked, the way she had